Canadian talk. my intro music nice yeah i had a buddy of mine make it so i didn't so i don't get sued <laughs> yeah i just i just know that if i put music in anything someone's gonna like someone's gonna be like have it striked for for something yeah like, exactly so. right so i got i have it made from scratch so everybody welcome back to episode 10 of canadian talk uh i have a huge guest on today basically a celebrity guest uh, his name is Daniel Boardman. He decided to do a little bit of charity work today for Canada Day, I think, and come on some smaller shows. Uh, so we got our, our Great Westerns cracked. We're ready to chat. Uh, thanks for coming on, Daniel. Um, thanks for having me. All right. Um, so, yeah, like, I have no. I was telling my friends I have no idea why you're even coming on the show because you're absolutely huge. Uh, you I, do, I wouldn't you call do, myself absolutely huge. Uh, to, to me, I mean, you are. Uh, you do, you do like a history show. I know where you kind of you go through history. You walk through a lot of detailed things and try to bring it into the present and uh, talk about and make you know make make points and make debate points for how you think things can be better. And I think that's super admirable. I think that's great. I, I essentially thank you. I think that's the the best use of the internet that that one can do. Uh, and, and thank that, you for describing it that way, because I actually I find that accurate as to what I intend to do yes, is actually uh, yes. I, like when I sort of try and break down, okay, what is my doing? Like, you know, what yeah. you know, you, you put out a Patreon and blah blah yeah. blah. You do all these things. You make videos on the internet. And to me, actually, I really to me intention is all that matters too at yeah. the end of the day. So yeah, so, but, yeah. I was I telling mean, like, my friends, I have no idea why you were going to come on the show, but I'm so <laughs> happy that you did. Thanks so much. I was so nervous. I like. Uh, well, I mean, personally, I, I do believe rising tide raises all boats. I, I'm always very happy to help out anyone sort of in this thing. Like, I, I might joke sometimes that, like, you know, no one else do conservative commentary but me. But I, I, I do believe that, you know, what I do makes room for more people to come out of the same ecosystem and, and do it. And, and they don't actually cut away from my market. They grow it. So, yeah. like, I... I you know, I, I, you can argue this is not as altruistic as as, as you're making it out to be, but um, I, I'm I'm happy to to be here. Uh, yeah. on, so, on this so podcast. you consider yourself a conservative uh, commentator then? Yeah, I mean a conservative political pundit. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm not 100% down the line with all the conservative parties uh, nonsense sometimes, as as um, you know some people may be aware. Um, but you know, I'm 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 right of center. I have some libertarian leaning values. There's times I will stray from libertarianism. I try not to, I try not to define myself by labels because I'm a millennial. But I I I'm pretty open with my biases. People usually know where I stand on certain things. You know, if you mention the carbon tax, that could set me off for about 20 minutes on 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 some sort of rambling tangent. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you really quick because uh, I know we we haven't you know we haven't talked much beforehand. Uh, I've seen your stuff. Uh, um, how how like how old are I don't know much about you like how old are you and uh, yeah so I'm uh, I'm 28 nineteen ninety one stand up for five years uh, can you oh yeah can you tell um, me about what happened there and uh, yeah so yeah. 
I started out when I was 20. Uh, third oh, wow. year university, Queen's, Queen's University, um, yeah. being disillusioned with the education system for many different reasons. Um, you know, every exam period you have that sort of like midlife crisis, like what the hell am I doing? I'm not going to be a psychologist when I grow up. I was taking a psychology degree or whatever. Okay. And then like forever, it's like I always wanted to do comedy and no one cared about your stupid teenage opinions. Then I was 20 one day. I'm like, well, my opinions are no longer stupid teenage opinions. So let's see if I can make some people laugh. Exactly. exactly. Um, so I signed up for like a comedy contest, the Time to Laugh, Time to Laugh comedy contest. can't remember what it was called, but it was Time to Laugh Comedy Club, which doesn't exist anymore in Kingston. Uh, January... And you grew up in kind of Toronto, Toronto area? Yeah, yeah. And I just started doing comedy in Queens, which was interesting because then you do it. There's two different things. There's Toronto and Kingston. So Kingston, you do it and you go into town. It's fine. But then anytime we would do comedy at like these student bars, right, uh, or places just students, they would eventually get shut down. Um, you know, I think I got shut one shut down. Two were shut down by a friend of mine, Ben Bankus, um, and like over innocuous stuff, like just. You know, you would just see the horror culture. So that's when I first started to sort of be aware of sort of the the free speech problems in university. Now there was other problems at university that you know there was like you know standard you know far left you know highly anti-Semitic things that they say no 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 we don't hate Jews even though we're saying this nonsense it's you know Israel or something and it's like Ugh. so there was that type of hypocrisy and then you saw the free speech stuff and then um, so I'll just fast forward to I'll fast forward to the interesting part here that people get to. So you know when I was getting into comedy. Um, I met another comedian, a, a refugee from Iran, like an actual, like, the people that I've been saying have existed. I said, no, no, there, there's liberal people in Muslim countries, and they want freedom and equality for us. They're not, and then, you know, I met one of them. <laughs> I've met them before. But then we, we, okay. we basically realized that we had the same, we're both sort of conservatives, we, and this is before, this is before Trump won the nomination. It was, we were getting, I was like a bit more politically involved. We just kind of realized, I, I looked at my friends, who I, I really admire comedy, and I realized like, all right, who would, I, who would I rather be president of the United States? Would it be Donald Trump or their perfect candidate, the perfect candidate they can create now? And I like these people. And it yeah, took me not yeah. to I'm like, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. And I wasn't a Trump yeah. supporter, but the person, they, their hero was a more attractive yeah. um, Joseph Stalin. Yeah, after right? the age Trump, of Obama, it was kind of time for a more of an extreme politician, you know, extreme right, extreme left, and we ended up with extreme right. Right. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't. It was. So it was just. Uh, yeah. It was. The, is their failure to be reasonable? I. I. I'm, I have to drink crappy Ontario beer because the yeah. beer store doesn't offer okay. variety. So yeah. No, yeah this is. This, this beer is brought to you by. Yeah. This is brought to you by, pseudo communist nonsense. <laughs> so I was going to ask you from before when you said you were dis disillusioned with the education system, what What yeah. do you mean by that? Um. So, I did notice one like. So I would consider myself going to university a bit more centrist than I came out. So when I, when I was 18, my first vote was for Stephen Harper. So I was never like a full lefty, but if I had to vote in 2008, I probably would have voted for Obama over whatever and slowly become, I, I got dissolution with Obama as I saw everything he did failed and yeah. he didn't see it, but, or he saw it and didn't care. And yeah. that was another, that's another thing. Yeah, he was But one, you saw, you see sort of the, the, um, with the, 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 like the stupid parts of education, like taking a sociology class, like the first day of sociology in university, literally the compressor comes in like, hey guys, he puts on Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire with all these different things. And then he there's like, and then it's like, yeah. the class literally ends with, this is Michel Foucault. He is the most important man to ever exist. And we're going to look at everything from Foucault's point of lens. Then we watched the movie Psycho for no reason for two classes. But then everything was like this postmodern, like, yeah. and then they're just learning about like, and I'm like, 
I, I came out of sociology. I'm like, this is a cult. This isn't a yeah. whatever. Like, like that, they need to have a point. In, they need yeah. to have a point in education where they, uh, they they actually have a section of the class where they say, hey, it's important that you recognize this knowledge needs to be translated into something that can make money for you. Like, the, at the end of the day... Oh, something that, that relates to the world. I, yeah. would, I would settle for that. Like, the sociology was worse because, one, I remember in a sociology paper, I quoted a psychology source as one of my sources. They said you're not allowed to do that, which is, like, crazy. If you were to quote a biology paper or a physics paper in a psychology course, they would all, it's a scientific journal. You're allowed to do that. But you have to sociology and sociology, which is my first red flag. And the other ones I realized is, like, I would go and I'd ask the TA to, like, explain, like... So there was, like, this, you know, it was, like postmodern theory. I'm like, explain this, because it doesn't make sense. He's like, oh, no, no, we can't explain postmodern theory until, like, third-year sociology. It's like, well, this is Scientology now. It's like, you can't yeah. get the answers until you yeah. buy the you next book. you got to get to like, the correct levels. Like, you need to give yeah, us like, more no, money if, first before we give you the special knowledge. Yeah, if I had asked a, a psychology or, a, like, a neuropsychologist, like, hey, you know, this is, I don't understand this about this limbic pathway. Doesn't dopamine come out of here, but shouldn't this create a deeper, you'd be like, well, no, I can't tell you for another two years. You'd yeah. be like, well, let me try and explain this to you. Yeah, but that's totally. not how sociology worked. Um, yeah. But there's um, other sorry, courses. One small tangent yeah. uh, that I'd go like to go off on really quick is uh, Scientology. Um, so are you are you religious at all? No. No, um, not at all? Like culturally, so I mean, I'm Jewish. You can see, like, I'm not, I'm not wearing a kippah. Okay. I'll, I'll eat a cheeseburger. I don't keep kosher. There's okay. way too many rules in Judaism. Like, you yeah. need obsessive compulsive disorder to be an observant Jew. Like, you have to. <laughs> you know, like, people who don't, like, know success. anything about Judaism, like, don't know how crazy intense it is. Like, I don't understand how Ben Shapiro has time to do anything other than be Jewish if he's, like, an Orthodox Jew. I guess he's not, like, like if, like, people, like, that's why I love the Jewish conspiracies. Like, the Jews are trying to take over the world. These Orthodox Jews are like, if you knew what the Orthodox Jews were up to, like, you would just laugh your ass off, because they're literally like, we have to go over there, spin in a circle three times, then say these prayers. Then we have to go there, spin in a circle four times, wash our hands and pray. Like, the whole thing is just like, they're, they're, they're going in groups of ten to go pray different yeah. places, and like, is put on the wrapping. Is that called? Yeah, the Hasidic ones. Yeah, the Hasidic yeah. ones. The Hasidic ones, them trying to take over the world is the funniest thing I've ever thought of. Because, oh, like, yeah. they, they don't I have time. They're was, just dumb. They're just... Uh, when, I don't know a, sh yeah. a bunch about Ben Shapiro, but um, I saw him on Rogan, and uh, I was very amazed at his, his uh, uh, arguments, I guess, uh, for anti-gay. Or uh, or his arguments against gay marriage. Now, yes, well, I guess, he only yeah. argues, I guess, against gay marriage. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. Of, I, I'd be oh, fair to him and say he's, he's not anti-gay. Uh, this is its negatives on like as a family unit. We expect that, that this yeah. type of family unit will work better in performance than this type of family unit, and it's like I kind of get what he's getting at, but yeah. I, so I mean, you can be charitable to that argument, and you kind of understand it. But the problem is like, yeah. So I mean, as a non-religious person, like I don't care. Marry the gays, you know. Show me two queers, I'll marry them right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't have a problem. Now there is there there is something you know that that both sides sort of have to talk about. So um, what if data comes out that says that heterosexual couples you know raise children at a rate of you know x mental illnesses per thousand, well, right? That's what and he's talking about, yeah. Right. That, that's what he's talking about. And what if we find out that that in gay couples um, it is um, x plus five per thousand or, or whatever it is. So the the rate is higher. So there's two questions here of why is it higher, right? And two, is it significant? So, you know, what, like, the question is, if we do these studies and we find out, um, no, you know, there is a difference, but it's not statistically significant. 
you know, is that, you know, then we'll hold it against them, um, right? Yeah. So, like, or, or, if it, yeah. or if it's mar mar marginal. So, like, what if, like, gay couples can do 92% as good a job on average in terms of preventing mental illness in their children as yeah. heterosexual couples? Like, especially, well, especially when the main part of all this, too, is that we're talking about a subjective study at the end of the day here. We're talking about happiness yeah. or... Or and, and rates of mental illness yeah. are are gay couples uh, okay? But then okay, so then there's all these things of like this is just a raw number. And then okay, you can break this. I mean, this is this is the psychology to coming in. But okay, we have uh, 92 percent, and this is totally made up numbers pulling out of my ass. This isn't true. I'll just clarify. So if it's 92 percent of you know you know gays are 92 percent is going to drop by by terms of children with mental illness. Well, then you have to go to like what are the other factors with kids getting mental illness. I mean, gay couples tend to make more than straight couples. Again, that's because they have no kids. But if you have gay couples usually existing at a, uh, you know, upper middle class, these are the people who are more likely to then get their kids tested. Like, so I, I can tell you this as, as someone who comes from the Jewish community, right? 90% of the Jewish community is learning disabled and okay. gifted. Right? I see what you're saying. It, so you're saying that there's... Yeah, sorry to, to interrupt. Yeah, the, the, there is the, uh, maybe massive uh, amounts of undiagnosed uh, mental illness on the other side, whereas on the other side, the, the, the mental or, illness or is Or it's not so much undiagnosed, is the, it's willingness to seek out diagnosis. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, I have a theory, especially taking a psychology degree, if everyone in Canada were to go see 100 psychologists or, or, or 10 psychologists or whatever and just talk to them normally about your life, how many Canadians would be diagnosed with mental illness, do you think? <laughs> right? Everyone talks to 10 psychologists, yeah. right? Everyone is perfectly candid and honest. You just talk, and how many of us come out with a mental illness? I, 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 I would be shocked if the number is below half. Yeah. So, yeah. right? So, so it's like, okay, so this, it's, it's like, okay, what do you, what do you, what are you measuring here it is a problem with the argument. And yeah, because I, at the end of the day, just if I could get one thing and it would yeah. just be like, is it, I, 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 I sometimes have these certain blanket beliefs where we kind of we kind of almost all have these little disabilities that we self-medicate and really does it do, do we need to even know what they are uh like do we do, do other people need to know what they are that that maybe it's one of those I, I i totally get what you're saying it's at a point yes but not everything right yeah. so there's you know there's legitimate I, my we best friend we shouldn't focus our personalities right? yeah we shouldn't focus our personalities on our negatives we should focus yeah, on that, you too. Know, yeah. When I, I mean, was young, I always talk about this, but when I was young, I, you know, I, 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 was, I had major problems in the sense that I was so overcompetitive that I, you know, it, it, it affected, let's say, my friendships or, or anything like that. And, uh, and I learned, you know, oh, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about before that? Well, like overcoming our faults and not being yes. defined by them. Yes, and, yes. And, and so, and so what like, I did, yeah. sorry, let me finish, let me finish. Yeah. You know, so there was a negative effects there that I tried not to focus on. I instead uh, funneled my addictive, competitive personality into, let's say, sports or school. And then I tried to use it to sway positives for myself. And that's what I think everybody needs to, that's a, a life skill that everybody need, needs yeah. to learn. You know, so that's, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, and, and that makes sense for the majority. And then, like, and then people go, go crazy because there is a point where it's like, well, no, no, these people actually need help. Like this person is like actually going through psychosis, has schizophrenia. Like yes. this one was like, okay, n now we step in. But, yep. you know, where's that line is something we're yeah. trying hard as a society to find. And I have a tough time putting the line anywhere above schizophrenia, too. I mean, anything short of that, it, it, all these different self-esteem disorders, I, I, I have so much empathy for those people. But a lot of times the, 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 the solution is in s simple stuff like, like exercise. Diet and, and, diet and, and exercise. And, yeah. um, 
you know, you know I'm, breathing, I'm not going like, to say like cognitive behavioral therapy is more effective than medication for a lot of things. Yeah, so, yeah, totally, um, totally. you know, I mean, so, so I mean, don't be afraid to seek out help. You know, you can admit your weaknesses and like, you know, we all have, I mean, at, 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 I think you're, I think you're an abnormal human being if at some point in your life by the time you've reached, you know, 40 or you, you, if you haven't, if there isn't a period or a couple months, you said that person had depression or anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's abnormal. Self-doubt, yeah. Self, right? self-doubt is so, what leads to success, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then also, yeah, but also, like, everyone goes through hard times. So, like, I mean, so it's how quick are we to diagnose people with depression? Some people legitimately have it. You know, some people just go through periods. You know, it, it's, a, it's a very complicated thing. And, I, I mean, I don't think we're willing to have these conversations. At, at, we're, I think we're at the point most where, people as a society, we want to talk about get... having these conversations, yeah. but I don't think we're ready to have them on mass yet because we have Mental yeah. Health Day, but when you look at it, and this goes left and right, the second something happens that doesn't fit our agenda, well, mental illness. Right, uh, the Danforth shooting. Someone in Toronto, like with uh, ties t- to Pakistan, and a bunch of AK-47s, and it looks like terrorism. And his brother was found with uh, enough chemical weapons to wipe out the country's ten ten different times. Oh my God! Mental illness, mental illness. It was mental illness. No one look anymore. It's just someone going crazy. Okay, so there's the left claim mental illness, and then you know the right. You know someone you know shoots up uh, a thi- like you know in El Paso or whatever that whatever that that AK-47 was. Oh well, he was crazy. Right? The guns, it's like, okay, now we're just scape- you're scapegoating mental illness as well. So mental illness becomes a scapegoat for any sort of so- social political thing that doesn't fit our narrative. And, and both yeah. sides do that. Um, yeah, that's true. Are you pro, are you, what do you think, just give me a quick blurb about guns. What do you think? Um, like, you know, you think, I'm, you think, I'm fine uh, with that. that we should, uh, um, I'm I'm against I'm against all the liberal I'm against all of Trudeau's gun policy. I, I um, okay okay. Listen, yeah, he just I'm, put that, I'm, that I'm, ban right. That I heard yeah, was, the ban it's is not, ridiculous. It's illegal or he didn't do it right yeah. or. Like um so yeah he just Trudeau just did the ban on certain kinds of machine guns and whatever so and he also uh, yeah, banned some websites opinion? too yeah like do I you think that we should be banning because I don't know because I, I I don't really everybody I don't know why we need assault rifles I, I do like we should be allowed to have long muzzle you know hunting rifles and that type of stuff but, when but what's, should, so what I what I learned though what I learned though and listen I know very little about guns and I'll preface that I'm a city boy um. But people explain to me, it's like, okay, a lot of it is like, there's no definition, there's no classification for assault rifle, and semi-automatic rifles is like, people have to understand, semi-automatic means you pull the trigger, one bullet comes out, that's semi-automatic, right, instead of like, a bolt action is you have to do all it, like, the semi-automatic is one, one, one click, one bullet, that's semi-automatic. So most hunting rifles, most long rifles are semi-automatic, right, you pull the trigger, a bullet comes out. Yeah. So, if, I feel like right, reload time should maybe just that, that'd be a simple metric you could add into there and just if reload time is more than three yeah seconds, but the thing that's, is that's all these guns you can get from the state so all all the dangerous guns we're talking about all these all the killings in canada you know they come from black black market so oh, yeah so they're gonna n- be none, there anyway. none, of, none of the things none of the things none of the laws we've passed would have actually done anything to prevent any of the crimes yeah. that the law was said to protect and even yeah. the liberals will say this that oh you know this gun ban wouldn't have prevented what happened in halifax but it's it's it's, I think it's just virtue signaling, right? And it yep, and it yep. and it hurts law-abiding gun owners. Like you know, there's 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 sort of I think then you get into the sort of philosophical like, do you have the right to protect yourself, right? Do you have the right to hunt for your own food? Like these are important yep. rights we have to talk about as a, yep. a society. Like you know, do yep. you have the right if someone breaks into your house to to defend your ground? Like yeah, I've know, heard like a lot of stories where people are getting in trouble when they'll have somebody break into their house yeah. and then and then. Uh, 
Yeah, and like what you said, this is a lot of the argument that I see a lot is, yeah, essentially, if you make laws that are too complicated, you're just taking guns from the good people, like you said. And yeah, the guns and, and in the black market will always be there, and we're just going to be less equipped to defend ourselves, so, I guess. Yeah, if you want to crack down on guns, okay, let's crack down on guns. But in Canada, that realistically means uh, we have to crack down on sort of black market gun yeah. running, right? We have, have you to seen, uh, crack like down on gang crime. Ted, Ted Nugent's uh, debates no. on guns? No. I, bas I basically agree with everything he says. So right. <laughs> on guns. So any, if anybody out there wants the complete story, um, so what else do we got here? Uh, so do you play any? Do you play any sports? Um, back in the day, I was yeah, a big sports guy. Uh, hockey. Uh, oh, cool. Abbey Road Mighty Ducks. I was a. We played hockey. Uh, I played football. Mm -hmm. um, do you think CTE yeah, is a thing? Yes. Um, but like, listen, I'm not an expert. So I had five concussions growing up. So yeah. I, I, I think I none from had football. One or two. Though. None of uh, ever made me throw up though. Like, yeah. So is uh, that now we're talking about a gray area again as to how we yeah, consider so which concussion is serious? Like, no, I, I, I actually do. Like, I mean, you look at like Mike Webster, famous center from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, he died at like you know greatest center of all time. Arguably, dies, you know, homeless in a car. They look at his brain; it looks the same like a ninety-five-year-old patient with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Right. You know. So there's that's the thing. There. But this is also why I think athletes should. I'm happy with them being paid millions of dollars. Like this is yeah. this is the bargain, right? There's more risk than These people are realize. Warriors. Yeah. You know, they're playing for entertainment. I'm glad they make millions of dollars a year. Yeah. There's certain right? sports that could maybe be recalibrated, but ultimately, you're right. The, the market rules the the compensation. If if the NFL wants to say, hey, for the players' union, we should have some sort of long-term health care thing that should be bargained in. You know, health care for life. If you're a veteran, for you know, if you've made it into the NFL, yeah, you can bar collectively bargain for that. Um, I think that 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 helps offset the things. But you know, I, I'm 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 you know, I'm not a big. I mean, individual sports. So like, I don't watch a lot of UFC or boxing or whatever. But I mean, I'm it's not like for I see this coming yeah. weekend. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I love watching football. Um, but I don't like oh, there's UFC fans. I yeah. hate boxing fans because they like are snooty towards UFC fans. Like yeah. oh, boxing the sweet science. You're watching someone get punched in the face for a living. Yeah. Like cal calm down. It's pretty so, crazy. Yeah, UFC is like a gladiator sport. I'm not a fan, yeah. but I, I do watch the the special fights because I, mm -hmm. I like uh, betting because like I'm a yeah. big poker guy. Uh, I pay oh, yeah. for my university with poker. Nice. And uh, so I, I really like to bet. And then a lot of times I can just help my friends pick the right fighter because I, I watch yeah. every Joe Rogan episode. So and so I, I just by default, uh, I, I, I learn a lot I, about I, the I, I think sports betting is good. Like gambling is bad, but like you, you can, can make, make a lot of money. money. Have you seen, I, I like have you seen that new, uh, sorry, um, Uncut Gems? You seen that one? No, I've heard of it. Um, oh, check it out. Yeah, it's, it's is a, that is that is that on Adam Netflix? Sandler. Like the crazy sports? Yeah, it's thing? a Jewish like it's a Jewish movie too, and it's like Adam oh, Sandler, no. and he bet he does betting, and it's I, pretty crazy. I see yeah. That. Okay. Yeah, yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 in favor of sports, and my thing with sports is I I just I go into it eyes wide open. Um, you know, I'm happy they make millions of dollars. I think they provide you know millions of dollars for the community and whatever. It's a business. Get what you can. Um. You know, and and don't like, but also, yeah. If you want to increase like helmet quality and like whatever, yeah, like, yeah. You know, should the NHL invest in helmets that are the best for the players, even if they might look a bit silly? Yeah, okay. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather watch hockey and and know that the concussion rate is, you know, eleven percent instead of seventeen percent. I'm yeah. making up numbers in a metric, yeah. but you get what I mean. No, I get like, your point. I get your point. Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah. So those are the sports you played. Um, I didn't lose your audio, did I? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I played some sports. That's cool. Hey, uh, I wanted to do uh, a word association. Do you know what that okay. You must know what that is now that you, yeah, you know yeah. you're a psychologist. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not the most hard science, but, good, but hit me. Okay. Here it comes. As fast as you can. 
So that's the the key. But don't finish the sentences. If it's blue, if it's blue, don't say berries. Blueberry. Like. Okay. 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 Here we go. Word association with Daniel Boardman. Uh, white. Uh, people. <laughs> hill. Die on hill. Okay. Try not to try not to put it in a sentence. Okay. Nuisance. Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> Fun. Not Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> okay. Small. Aaron O'Toole's genitals. <laughs> Okay, You're, this is, I can't, I've never been, I can't keep up, anger. <laughs> Me at Aaron O'Toole. Okay, here we go. Uh, black. Uh, my soul when I think of Aaron O'Toole. Short. Well, we already did this, but, but me. Uh, yeah. I, think uh, of yourself. Jewish, Jewish genes, uh, yeah, 5A, Jewish it's genes. not. Uh, okay, yeah, bully. Uh, bully. Aaron O'Toole's campaign manager. Boom, campaign okay. chair, sorry. Yeah. Friend. Um, not Aaron O'Toole. Oh, good. No, I've got, my mind might be a bit stuck in a place yeah, right I now. Yeah, I think we got you stuck in a gully, so we'll end it at that. Uh, yeah. yeah, cool. So, um, do, um, in Toronto, what, uh, like, so you, you've been there your whole life, and I know you just moved, or you just moved to somewhere else, yep. obviously nowhere specific, but yep. just somewhere else in Toronto? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, what's, um, What's your in, growing up in Toronto? What is your guys' view of Saskatchewan as a province? And like, and the people that are from there, can you try to give me an so, impression growing up of what people around you made Saskatchewan Saskatchewanians out to be? I would say very little is thought of Saskatchewan in Toronto. Toronto is okay. a weird place uh, because it's a weird thing because Canada has like the Toronto is bad. So there's a bit of like us against the world, but we don't really care. So it's like it's sort of a one-sided rivalry between Toronto and the rest of Canada. Like, oh, Torontonians, they think it's like they think so much of themselves. Like, we don't really think much of anyone, including ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. If if I had to, but um, Alberta gets the sort of cowboy thing. Um, everyone has their views on Quebec. Uh, the the Maritimers are seen as you know you know the most happy you know kind people in the world yeah um you know your west coast hippies the yeah. problem is like manitoba and saskatchewan and i guess the territories there you know totally get lost in kind of get lost know. in the middle it's just okay. flat it's it's it, there's flat lands and farms uh my dad loves saskatoon he thinks it's beautiful uh, my dad really likes uh he would when he go visit there like he really likes saskatchewan um but it would it would be disingenuous to say that he his uh, his love of your province is indicative of uh the 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 entire city Fair enough. You guys like the Rough Riders way more than we like the Argos. That's okay. what we know. Yeah, that, okay, fair enough. Yeah, everybody thinks that, yeah, we love the football stuff, I guess. I don't like it at all, so. Yeah, CFL, nine teams, six of them make the playoffs. Might as well give them orange slices at halftime. <laughs> uh, so, um, so how much do you know about Scientology? Um, enough to know that whatever I say, I will be sued for. Okay, that's true. You're right. We like, avoid you know, it. we want South Park. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll go after people with deep legal pockets, and I'll stand my ground. But I'm still, like, as someone who's probably on the one of the least afraid of, of frivolous lawsuits in the country for the greater good, um, I'm not even crazy enough to take on the Scientologists. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Phil. Man, so talk, talking about lawsuits, um, the system, I guess the system of law. You don't have any training in what? What's your? What did you go to university no, for, by the way? 
Sorry? What did you go to so, university for? Psychology. So and I have a it. basic psychology degree. Okay. Um, I did stand-up. I did tour guiding. I okay. Basically, I've, been, I've, been, I've worked in... I, I've just been rambling on for about eight years now. Okay, fair enough. So, but and sometimes psychology. people pay me. Um, yeah. So I have no legal training. Um, I, okay. you know, um, I have I have some views on the Canadian legal system. I think yeah. I think our legal system because I have culture strong is a views bit on this. Yep. Very wishy-washy, and I think that's a bit dangerous. It, it's it can what's it can save us, but it could also um, that's damn almost us. all uh, it can do. Yeah. It, so it, it I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example that I think is the best example of the Canadian Supreme Court and Canadian um, legal system. Yeah. Assisted suicide, which is something I totally respect both sides' view on. Uh, you're not going to get a strong assisted suicide thing on me. It's a complicated issue. All right, but I'm just going to say we can all agree assisted suicide, assisted dying is complicated. The reason why assisted suicide is legal in Canada is the Supreme Court ruled that not having the ability to kill yourself violates your right to life. And I say, what? Like, yeah. listen, I, I can have complicated views on assisted suicide. You know, there's part... My, that's, that's a subject for another day. But you, in no way do I believe that not being able to kill yourself violates your right to life. Like, find a better yeah. legal explanation for why we should have assisted suicide. No but doubt. kind of in the courts, they're going to say, yeah, not dying violates your right to life. And, yeah. and people will be like, Wait, what? So this well, is my – the Canadian legal system can just kind of decide anything on a whim. What exactly. do we feel like? How can we, uh, how can we put it in writing when it comes to those Supreme Courts and, and a lot of times civil courts and uh, there's – Social justice tribunals, the fact that we have these quasi-kangaroo courts for yeah. – Jessica Yanev can just abuse any, any yeah, day of the it's, week. It's all more it's, about it, what, some, what a single person thinks when they glance at a paper than what actually happens in any way, shape, or form. It's a time oh, yeah, I have issue. So many problems with the laws being put in, and a lot of my problems is like the ambiguity with stuff like this. And yeah. you know, you let if you leave room for a sociopaths, like I call it the Jessica Yanov rule. If you leave room in the legal system for sociopaths to abuse it, someone will abuse this. And I've made the case that um, when we Bill C sixteen, the enshrining gender expression into law is is a complete and utter disaster. Now yeah. I can I can I can well, get so down with like, gender identity. So I, I make a difference with gender identity. We can keep as anti in the anti-discrimination laws. It doesn't present that many problems, but gender expression is needs to be taken out because it is so dangerous yeah. and so rife with abuse. And you see this with Jessica Yanov saying, "Hey, you know, I want to come to your house in front of your young little girls, which I have a history of of being involved in sexual abuse with, or or, or something, and I want you to wax my penis and say it's a vagina." Like, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Um, so like this is like. Jordan Peterson type stuff now. Mm -hmm. So, what do you, do you support? Do you support like you like all the stuff he says? And uh, what do you? Yeah, think I mean, of? there's no one I support everything he says. Um, yeah. I started to get into politics around the exact same time Jordan Peterson made his first video. So that we kind That's of true. We kind of took a stand around the exact same time. So and I've always I mean I've always had great respect. Yeah. I've always had great respect for Peterson, and I found his biblical lectures uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he's very religious. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's and then he became weird. a bit of a self-help guy. Now, there's some actual religious understanding that, that, that he's given that I actually really like, and, and I have adopted, and we can do that later. But um, I have a different view of Peterson. Um, so Peterson, you know, took his stand, did the, did the Bill C-16 thing and the, and, and the anti-biased, uh, implicit bias retraining, which is ridiculous. And I really respected him for that. Then he came, came up and started to say, and he did this. And, and I'm not saying he's lying. 
I said, I'm not even doing politics. Right? He, would, he would do a sort of self-help tours, like teaching men how to be better people, you know, clean your room, that whole thing, seven rules for life, yeah. which I'm fine with him doing. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, and he was stuff. pretty honest with it. Like, what he was doing was just recycling common psychological knowledge it's throughout the ages. And I'm like, modern. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's just taking common, like, you know, taking the you know Carl Rogers, religion. William James, all these people that said these things, he's just laying them out in a modern context. Yep, yeah. I think that was fine. Yeah. And, like, uh, but you say, listen, I didn't do anything political. No, I actually disagree. You actually did do something political at the start, and I, and I, and I greatly okay. admire him for it. Yeah. Right? He took a stand. Right? He took a stand. He saw these laws are unfair. He said, this imp implicit by retraining, this is ridiculous. It's proven to not work. And also, it's the government saying we have to retrain you mentally to make you an acceptable civilian. Yeah. And this Bill C-16 thing, here's how it violates people's civil rights. It, it, it legislates compelled speech into law. What's, what's, you know, what's the price of, of, of freedom? And Jordan Peterson said, one man. Right? He stood on that hill. He said, this is the line in the sand. Yeah. I'm going to stand on it. I thought yeah. it was a valid stance. Yeah. I thought it was a noble stance, and yeah, it was political. And then to add, then the, I, add the comedic spin to the end of it, and then he ends up uh, being addicted to pills, and now we all hope he makes it out of that. Right? Yeah, I mean, the, the pills he's on, though, to be fair, though. So, um, okay, I'll give this. Um, my father is an addiction specialist. So, oh, okay. Uh, um, I watched Doctor Drew, so I'm a specialist. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so my dad's sort of very qualified in this. And um, okay, yeah. I so just, I, I I can't remember the pills that Peterson was on, and I and then like this came up, and I and I so yeah, they're anti um uh, anxiety. It, Anti-anxiety, it's the anti-anxiety benzodiazepines or something. He's like, yeah, yeah. so I'm like, yeah, there's the thing of Jordan Peterson being like addicted to these anti-anxiety benzodiazepines. Like, and it's like, oh yeah, th those are way harder to get off of than heroin. Like, that's the most addictive substance in the world. So of course he's addicted. Yeah. Like he, he was saying like, okay, here's something necessary, but like people have to understand like, like w these anti-anxiety drugs, like. The, what he was, like the, the thing he was prescribed was strong and like yeah. you can't get off that and then especially yeah. with a stressor in his life like oh you're on that shit and then your wife gets cancer like yeah. you can imagine how much hate he was getting too for yeah. just being taking such a hard stance such a hard factual stance in everything and just kind yeah, of leaving saying, it like, up to his own abilities to be able to communicate with these hit artists on these talk shows that obviously me and you are trying to combat against all these bullshit yeah. shows with ladies that are not ladies ladies or men but uh, like just doing these yeah, you, pieces on him, where they're trying to back him into some corner on, um, on you know equality so of outcome saying, or or on yeah. equality of uh, of pay and stuff like that. Yeah. They're just, that's not a proper interview. It's a proper interview when you sit and you talk like this. Like let's get real here. I, I can take yeah. a sound bite out of this, and then at least it'll be in proper context. Whereas these people are just laying out ten minute hit pieces on on people, trying to take them down. I, I yeah, it, it, it's yeah, 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 and I think yeah, and he went viral. Like Kathy, Kathy Newman interview, like that went viral. Um, yeah, and people a bunch saw of that. Them went viral, yeah. Yeah, and then you know you, you feel bad for the guy because you know your wife gets cancer, you're on crazy. Yeah. And he was he was always very honest about the fact that he's had struggles with depression, and anxiety, and his yeah. need to medication. So uh -huh. right, I, I, and and it just his courage and then, is off the charts. Yeah, yeah and knowing charts. the types of meds he was on, and then like talking to an addiction specialist and him saying like. Well, yeah, of course you'd be addicted to that. Like, you're more likely to, to die than get off of those. Like, no yeah, one really exactly. gets off of those. Exactly. Um, you know, pe people so, don't really realize uh, that. It, and it sucks because then they say, oh, he was a self-help guy, but now he's addicted to drugs. So everything he said is invalid. Yeah, and again, this goes back that, to what we're talking. Yeah. You're not saying that, but this is what they But this then goes back to our mental health talk we had earlier where it's, again, another example how both sides are so, we need bell mental health talk and the yeah, right is yeah. bigger than they don't care yeah. about mental health or the yeah. left. Crazy, it's like, but he channeled hey, something. It was almost like, like he, he used the drugs and kept such a positive intention 
that he kind of was able to channel a focus through those benzodiazepines when on stage and when faced with tremendous force from all these hit people he he channeled something special i think that's why he's why he's so important is the courage that he showed to do all that yeah i think i think shows. he i think he actually identified a line in the sand i think it was a real line i think he actually yeah. found the i think he fa- i think he drew a line in the sand i think it was a real line and he yeah. stood it with conviction totally. and that's what made him go viral yes um yeah. the fact that the, the and, and that 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 it's, line it's upsetting took, that somebody like that sort of interrupted it's, it's upsetting yeah. that somebody that that amazing can be can be fired from a university you know, for well, I think right he was here in fired, Alberta, I think right he, by but, yeah, I think he got fired for for doing that, and he ended up being such a celebrity that it didn't matter. But yeah, um, most professors, there's probably a lot of people that maybe one day will listen. Well, to Rick this. Meta was a professor uh, in oh, Canada who got fired who got fired um, for for sort of taking these stands. Uh, yeah. Gad Sad, like had, yeah, they couldn't fire him. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Gad said they started taking all these action against like the, yeah. he was like the, and at that they point, took positions away life. from him like yeah so uh, what what where's the, okay that's great so you haven't fired him per se but you're ruining his life all his people mm-hmm. around him are going to start questioning him because an institution the university that he works at starts questioning him so of course everybody around him will start treating him like a pariah whether he likes it or not so that's yeah. why it's very unfair uh, so to kind of get off some of the more the serious topics I wanted to ask yeah. you um. Where, like, uh, going to high school, what, did you go to a pretty good high school in Toronto, and what was that like? Yeah, um, went to a private school. Um, okay. Uh, uh, I wanted to go to a public school, but I wasn't allowed. My, you know, I, I come from an upper-middle-class Jewish family. I, I never hide the ball there. Uh, I was allowed to not – I didn't have to go to a Jewish high school, which was a big victory for me. So my older brother did, I didn't, and then my younger brother didn't even have to go to a, um, uh, uh, any private school. So we all consecutive wearing down the will of my parents um, <laughs> as as we as we went down, um, but no, I mean uh, this high school I went to was interesting. I I mean the I mean it was a smaller high school. I was I was captain of the football team, so that should tell you how small the high school was. Yeah. Flag football, but, but still, they, have, they sometimes um, have like four captains, right? Uh, no, 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 actual 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 captain. But oh, again, flag football, flag team. flag football. Yeah, oh, um, flag football high school. So again, this my is high school a joke football of, team had I think six or eight captains, and there was like yeah. sixty people on the team. So that's yeah, like a real football team is a bunch of captains. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I and I actually did play like one of the reasons is like I knew football, like because I did I played football as a kid, tackle football. Um, like I played I played real football as a kid. Yeah. Um, played defensive back, played a bit of offense yep. too. One year when we really sucked, uh, and I was in the older in hockey. Kids. Uh, right wing. Right wing. Oh yeah. Oh, you're a righty, eh? I, right, I yeah. was center, and then I kind of when I got into higher level hockey, I had to I had to play left wing, because uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yes. I guess the best the best players get to play center, and and I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't the best player anymore. So yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, and I shot when, yeah yeah no not one of the best, but you shoot right or you shoot left. That's... Yeah. When did you uh, play? Uh, when did you like? When did you quit hockey? How old were you? Um, after high school, like after competitive hockey, and um, so you played all right. the way up to midget. Yeah, you guys um, call it that there as well. Yeah, uh, I think not anymore. I think that's been taken away. Yeah, but I guess that uh, is like two years ago or something. Yeah, call it that, isn't it? Midget. It's little people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Adam, <laughs> little Kiwi, people, Phantom. Double A. Little people, yeah. double A. It, the the hockey team I played for, I'll tell you this, it was not like exclusively Jewish, but like it was the Avenue Road Mighty Ducks. We were like the Jewish team, so like we wouldn't play on Friday nights or Saturday because some of the kids were religious. Okay. Um, there was a there was a year where some non-Jewish kids joined us. Um, they got really long, and the coaches, um, Lebanese and great guys, um, they stood with us like the whole, like they were there from when we were eight to like seventeen. Um, oh, yeah. So you know we were at their weddings and it was that great. Um, but like it was the, um, 
we were we, we played select, which is like uh, you know first level competitive. Yeah. Um, and we were we were one of the better teams. Like, we won a couple of championships. Like we could have played. You know, we could have beaten a bunch of single A teams. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was it was the Jewish hockey team that I was on. Yeah. Can- Canada has such competitive hockey. Uh, I like. Oh yeah, we, we we would yeah. Thank Sorry, you. What were you gonna say? Yeah, we, we would go to the states once a year for tournaments in Detroit, and we'd nice. uh, we we'd pretty much be better than the, than all the double A teams. Uh, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Um, I like your backdrop. I wish you could see. Uh, I'll maybe send you a picture of the outside of my studio. I, uh, I I might be the only podcaster who built his own studio from the ground up, but uh, it's That's amazing. I got I got a, a hardwood cladding on the outside of the garage that yeah. I recycled myself, and I put and then I put kind of like a barn white paint on it, just like your. Uh, I, like I will say for this is my TNT studio, like the National Telegraph. But I, I'm about to start making videos on National Telegraph. This will be the background in that. Wow, cool. Use it. Um, so yeah, it just good. To, to use it, like we're, this is a. I'm just going to plug the National Telegraph. I'm one of the yeah. co-founders and writers, contributors there. So if you want a center-right Canadian news source, uh, look up the National Telegraph. There, plug over. Yep. Um, <laughs> thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, my my 60 listeners heard it all. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will come to each one of your houses and make sure you're reading. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So that's high school. Um, uh, what what uh, what made you want to? So as you said, you um, you taken on the government and and all that type of stuff. What made you? What happened in your life, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. That made you. You know, I, obviously, often it's a what money, made you the sorry, way. Let you me are. finish. Let me finish. Often it's like a money thing. Like where okay, I've just I've made enough money now where I can get out of the crowd in the bottom and start kind of climbing whatever ladder I want. But like, what got you out of the crowd in the bottom? And then now, why are you taking uh, this kind of a path in life where you're so interested in politics and you want to be public and those types of things? So I mean, there's been a few defining moments here. Um, Sorry if that was too many questions. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I appreciate. It. I think I think you're doing a great job. Um, and I'm I appreciate the non-serious thing, so I don't have to be like the carbon tax is bad. Like, so yeah, I, I don't have yeah. to like. I'm not. I'm not in, like. I, I don't have to go through like my memory of like. Okay, all the names and numbers I memorized. Yeah, I don't it's like nice. to talk about those types of yeah. things. I, I think that there's politicians that that can do all that. It's yeah, more no, important uh, that the, us on the internet we guide like what people really think and what people really yeah. want as so, opposed to what the semantics are. There is an event in my life in high school that I'm not going to give any details on. That that is sort of a one of the reasons why I'm here. But like Candace Owens, start you know, um, uh, sort of pushed me. But so when I was in comedy um, before I left, there was a, there was an incident. Um, in Mike Ward. So Mike Ward is a com- comedian in Quebec who was fined forty two thousand dollars by the human rights tribunals for cracking oh. a joke about yeah um, a kid. This. Who, who like? There's a lot of these cases. You know, and, and and it's basically you know it's a free speech thing. So, I'm I'm a person who will stand on hills if it is necessary. Like Ooh, I, nice, man. I kind of have too. a bit of a. That's why you I know, respect you more than anything. I can tell. I can <laughs> tell. Yeah. So I mean, we're people, few and you know, far between. I, I, I'm willing to take on you know the Muslim Brotherhood. Maybe not Scientology. I think we've learned that that even I I have my uh, my fears. Yeah. But I. I won't even say I was raised because I was not raised to do this. Um, but I have the personality where if I think what I'm something is necessary, so um, you know, and I don't think there's anyone else that's going to do it, I have to do it. Um, yeah. yeah. So with the Mike Ward being fined, like in comedy, and and I love the comedians and as individual people, and I'm not very popular in the Canadian comedy scene, and okay. I I will say. You know, I have my problems with the Toronto comedy scene, but I think Toronto comedians, I think Toronto arts is so so one of the most talented places I've seen, like Toronto arts community. 
Problem is, Canadians don't give a shit about any Canadian artists unless they make it in the States. So no doubt, no doubt. There's, there's this all I can say, and, and I have immense respect for them as people and, and when you talk to them as individuals. But when you get these comedians in a group, when they come into a group, they are their own worst enemy. They are the biggest joke police people. They're the biggest yeah. social justice tyrants. Um, they are, will attack the very foundations in which what they do stands. And I realized that, like, hey, this Mike Ward thing, like, it's not a, like, when I talk to people individually, they're like, yeah, oh, well. But, like, once you get into a crowd and then once, like, a few feminists get in the room, then it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I would like to, like, some comedian literally wrote an article on the Mike Ward thing about, and, and he was the thing like, yeah, I'd like to care about Mike Ward, and like, but like, there's climate change and fascism in America. So he's basically like, Trump exists and climate change. So we don't even need to talk about free speech. It's like, yeah, he's literally being fined forty-two thousand dollars for a joke. Yeah, that's now it's now thirty-five thousand dollars. Somebody's life. But yeah. is it is like, it because he made that much from the show or something? Like, did he uh, make a bunch? No, of, it was it was it targeted discrimination against a person. Someone oh, recorded him. That's horseshit. Wasn't even his recorded. Some of him recorded a joke about him making a joke about some kid with a disease who sung a song for the Pope who was a public figure. Uh, I remember him being big in the Canadian Vancouver Olympics. I'm hoping, um, that, I'm hoping that podcasting cuts through a lot of that. Like, like how you said that you got to be famous in L.A. before you can be famous. I, uh, in Toronto. I hope that, like, I hope that yeah, podcasting, podcasting changes You're right. That. Like, I hope yeah, I would I would encourage a lot of Canadian artists to sort of get an online following and then yeah. these Canadians are like that. If Our they, population like, is growing. You know, they yeah, they're so self-conscious that, yeah. you know, if you get an online following, if it's like, oh, if other people like them, then we could say, oh, he's Canadian, right? Yeah. That's what we love doing. Like, yeah. oh, you like, you know. Like, talking um, about, yeah, so like you're, you're doing what you do. There, there might be more people that do it where you're from, but here in yeah. Saskatchewan, there is nobody. I'm basically the only one who does this. Uh, I basically just started, but I'm the only person who does this. So, and that's another yeah. good thing about Canada is like you can fill a good niche. So I mean, yeah. I'm going to be a bit harder to go international because like I focus on Canadian politics. I mean, I'll do some American, I'll do some international. Like when the world opens up, like yeah. you know, at points well, in my show, I'll be like, okay, COVID. here's how Iran that's and Saudi Arabian history um, um, affects modern day Canadian politics because I love doing that stuff. It's one of the things where I think I can give people something interesting. I don't think you'll learn anything about what what's going on in Turkey right now legitimately from the mainstream media. So I think that's yeah, where I have a niche. I, I um, again, yeah. the mainstream you know, media is, is completely not. It, it's completely dead, and I think people, you know, yeah. Canadians, and one of our better qualities, and I think this, you know, this might come from a bit from the left, and I'm happy to give them credit for this, is we tend to want to sort of know a bit more about the world. We want to be a bit more worldly. We want to be a bit more educated, and we want to see more like you know, coherent global citizens. We like the fact that we can travel with our Canadian flags in, in foreign countries and everyone likes us because we, you know, we, we know that, you know, Prague is the capital of the Czech Republic and we, you know, we know this and the, like, so I think that's yeah. a very good thing. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, me quick... explaining why Turkey's going down the road to hell and will soon be the new world supervillain, yeah. I think there's a Canadian thing where it's like, oh, this is interesting. I, I'd like knowing this. Oh, this Erdogan guy. Oh, he's crazy. Oh, he's legitimately crazy. We should be worrying about this crazy, crazy person. Um, so, I, something I was going to ask you that I had in my list here for a little bit of comedic value now that we're talking about Canada and different different areas. Uh, did you hear, do you know what Cirque du Soleil is, I assume? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Started in Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The owner is from Quebec or whatever. Uh, did you hear that Cirque du Soleil went bankrupt? No, that's too bad. I guess it's coronavirus. Coronavirus. Uh, that, that's what caused a lot of it. And then did you hear what happened with their taxes that, that also made them go go bankrupt no what is uh, it so Guy La Liberté he's the owner of Cirque du Soleil I know about him because I used to watch him on um, 
and I knew he was crazy. This is how, and I'm so. This is a story that probably I'll only even have found. But uh, he, I used to watch him on high stakes poker, and he used to play poker for a million dollars. He would sit down at the table with a million dollars, and uh, he was very good at poker. And one time he beat a guy in a hand for six hundred thousand each, so one point two million dollar pot, and he gave the guy his money back on camera. So this, I knew this guy was crazy, and. Um, yeah, I would not he, do so that. So he went to. Do you know how many do you so, mean lawsuits I, I could fund? Like I, yeah. I could take on it with with six hundred thousand dollars. That's like that's another ten to twelve Muslim Brotherhood members I could actively take on and get out of Canadian politics. Oh man! If if, if I had six hundred thousand dollars, like Omar Al Gabra would be yeah. like out of politics. Yeah, you should email years. him. See if he'll give you yeah. some money. And I can uh, name Omar Al Gabra because he's actually elected official, so he can't come after me. He will eventually, but yeah. screw you. <laughs> So what? So here's the, the 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 crux of the story is he went to space, uh, and he called it a business expense, <laughs> and so then eventually he got sued by the tax lawyers, and that that certainly didn't help his uh, his company. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny, so I wanted to drop that in there with all the uh, more serious yeah. talk. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's so that's so so it was that experience. I think I got lost in all the the talking there. What got you into attempts happen with me? Yeah, what got me into politics? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of pathologically, I'm sort of inclined to this. Like, so you know, there's there are some few life events where I say, oh, okay, here, here, this free speech stuff. But I mean, if I'm to be honest with myself, um, like I'm pathologically like the like I like the sound of my own voice. Again, I did comedy, so I have no problem, you know, saying like, everyone, pay attention to me for five minutes. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. Um, like I'm pretty honest with that. Like you know, there, there's, you know, there's that's a that's true honesty in my opinion. There's, yeah, there's a slight. We, you can to be careful to me would call it fearlessness. Yeah. Um, but some people the, the honest is just like you can be smart, not, but if you have no courage, you got you got we got to have people who are smart and also courageous. Like if you want to call it narcissism, whatever. There's you got to get out in front of the camera. There's got to be some smart yeah, people out there. Uh, listen, I, I it, when whatever we do. All comedy art, there's, there's a degree of narcissism in all politics. I, yeah. I you know, yeah. it, the fact that I'm able to admit it, I think, is, is I can honesty. mitigate it. But yeah. Yeah. I, I see myself as someone with the ability to do something. I have the ability to, you know, I'm great at math. I can memorize a bunch of numbers. Yeah. I can memorize a bunch of names. Me too. I have, a, Me too. I have a general interest. My memory, if I'm interested in foreign politics, like I can, I'm really good at putting these names and people together. Yeah. It's kind of weird how my memory what was your works. Like I subject in in high school. I forgot to ask you that while we were talking about high school. Was it math? Um, ma- data management was the easiest because I was just numbers, like yeah. just done, 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 done. Yeah. I was able to finish like those tests in like 15 minutes and like yeah. walk out of class. I got a 98% from that. Misplaced a negative. In one test and didn't get <laughs> you perfect. Still remember it. I love still it. Remember it. I, love um, it. I used um, to be able to finish a, a math test and it would it could have a hundred questions on it. And uh, me and my buddy Brady, who is uh, who's one of the guys I used to have a lot of good debates with, um, we would go over the entire test, every bit yeah. of it. And uh, yeah, we were the same thing. Got the yeah. ridiculous so, grades. But yeah, I think I think I think math would maybe be number one because I was like the best at it. Um, you never need to study yeah. for it. Yeah. Y- if you just intuitively understand it, it's lots yes. of logic. Um, Less you know, studying, uh, yeah. um, not so much English with the grammar and whatever. I mean, I you know I've always had a bit of mild dyslexia. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'd say math anywhere inter- you know in uh, if it was interesting i i could do it yeah math would probably be number 1 because again it was just you don't have to study it's yeah. it's easy yeah, um, exactly. you just got to understand it and then move forward right yeah, yeah. i say it's, it works the same way it's like my memory and i realize like from my memory of global politics like i can like 
my, my international politics brag is I was the first person in Canada and North America to write an article about Qasem Soleimani when he died. That was when World War III was going to start. That was the Iranian terrorist general that Trump killed. Okay. So I was the only oh, yeah, one. I was yeah. the first one because I saw I saw I saw it was trending on certain parts of Arabic Twitter. I'm plugged in. I'm like, wait, if Soleimani died, like that's big. It's Soleimani. But I'm looking up. And I'm like, wait, this Hezbollah is saying Soleimani's dead. So I'm like, okay, I'm writing this. Told the guys. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. But I know Qasem Soleimani, and I know people are important. But there's like things like I can't like. Yeah, I don't know the name of the Iraqi prime minister. About that now about Trump yeah. doing that. They're wrong. I wrote all the articles, and okay. I, everything I said was right yeah. okay. um, on Qasem Soleimani. But I don't know who the Iraqi prime minister is, and I will look him up every month or so. I have no idea who he is, and I never will. Because the Iraqi prime minister is not important. Like, the way my brain works is, like, these people are players. Okay, so you have, like, you know, this guy's the self-defense minister of, uh, of Israel. This guy's the minister of, uh, of, of whatever in Iran. This guy's in Saudi Arabia. I can memorize it. But, like, there's people who, like, actually don't matter. The president, prime minister of Iraq, does not matter. Iraq's not a country. Um, the president of current president of Yemen, he's a proxy. He doesn't matter. I'll never be able to remember his name. I look it up. So it's like it's like things like where I, I'll know like ministers in certain governments because they actually like play a role. But like if I can't memorize your name, it's like because you don't actually do anything. So like it's like so <laughs> well, like Iraq's not a country, so I don't even know who the prime minister is. Yeah, like, I want your opinion on this. Is uh, so I sometimes think that presidents don't matter. Period. I think that they're essentially. More, like they matter less than people think. Like, yeah, one like of the things I was telling people in 2016 is like, yeah, Donald Trump can be president. And it, like, the scary thing is, like, you're going to realize it doesn't matter. Like, no, yeah, he's The just, system he's is designed that, like... He's a, he's a guy who takes shit. From the more I've watched all this and, and, I, and I reflect on, you know, George Bush and the way people treated him and then people couldn't attack Obama so much because he was the first black president. But the, the more I reflect on all these presidents, I realize that they are essentially just the person who gets put in the way of all the insults that come flying in from the dumb There masses. is stuff that they do, and, like, you can talk about use of executive power and it needing to be curved, but especially yeah. in America, um, the president isn't as powerful as people think they are. I mean, you know, God bless Thomas Jefferson and James Madison because they, they realized, all right, we're going to make a built country. There's going to be a lot of people. We have to realize, at some point, Donald Trump's going to be in charge of this thing, right? You play the odds. Eventually, Donald Trump's going to come. So how do we create a country? that if Donald Trump doesn't come and get in charge, the thing doesn't blow up. And this is one of the hard things people have understanding about America, and this is the things that frustrates me with the moral relativism. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll get controversial because I'll, I'll tie it directly to slavery right now, and this is the answer to a lot. I mean, this is what kind of what we're dealing with currently in the world. Okay. What makes America great, and what people have to understand is they made a choice. And Thomas Jefferson, as an actual wanting to abolish slavery in his own writings, they made a choice, and they realized if we create the power for someone to abolish slavery like that, the whole thing will fall apart. Because that's that's a gun. That is the power. Because the the power to create to abolish slavery is also the power for someone to unilaterally create slavery, and it's unfortunate. So, if there was the power to abolish slavery like that in America, then Donald Trump could reinstitute slavery, right? Donald Trump could do whatever he wants right now. Yeah. That's exactly right? my and, point too. And that's too, a bad thing. Is like, that... I don't think Trump is as bad as people say he is, but I don't want him with unlimited power. Like he yeah. is a crazy person who says crazy that, shit. It's a democracy. Yeah, yeah, but it's right? a, it's a democracy. Yeah. See, so it's not even democracy. It's a, it's a representative democracy. Yeah, so he, the he problem has to is do what they, everybody because he's got to keep his support. Yeah, and so, the, what they did is they created a system that they said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna write into law all men created equal. We're gonna create the framework that people can use that the system can use if there's enough states and whatever that they could use for the power to then, as a people, abolish slavery. But giving someone the gun to create the abolish slavery is a dangerous thing. And 
The historical equivalent to this is the Haitian Revolution, which happened around the same time. You can argue the Haitian Revolution was a more noble revolution, right? There was worse discrimination. They openly said, you know, you know, we shouldn't be having these classes based on race. The white people aren't here, and then you have you have rich black people, you have mixed race people. This is all bad. We must abolish all of this. We must create a society where everyone is equal. But because they gave the person in charge the power to create the society where everyone's equal, they created this gun of power, and that was immediately corrupted. Because then he, it was corrupt, it was used for personal gain, and, and then within decades, the thing fell apart because someone was given this power. And mm -hmm. I'm saying you can argue, you know, the, the, the French Revolution, the Haitian Revolution, there were more noble ideas being thrown around. Like, you can make those arguments. I mean, you can make counter arguments, and you can look at John Locke and, you know, and... Uh, Oh, uh, Thomas Paine and all that, like making the arguments, American Revolution. But what what America is is it was the country that didn't create the gun. It didn't create that ultimate weapon. And it's really hard because you would like it if in 1776 Thomas Jefferson got his way and made a great speech, and then John Adams was like, yeah, and then John Quincy Adams was like, yeah, and then they abolished slavery, and then you know, and then everyone realized that Abigail Adams really did play a more important role in in the forming of the country than than most people think, and then we had a woman on the currency, like that would have been great, but that's not how human beings work, and if that if the country was created that way, it would have fallen apart. And people kind of miss that lesson, and it's a hard lesson to learn yeah. because, you know, people had to be slaves for 90 years, yeah. and that's a moral abomination. And it, it's, it's something we're struggling with now, but I think needs to be addressed. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this one here I wanted to ask kind of right in the middle, like, so what are, what are is there anything that you're talking about right now that you'd like to – What's the, what are some of the biggest problems that, that you wanna that you'd want to talk about? Like, what are you talking about on some of your most recent shows? And like, uh, even though I've watched them, but like, yeah, what's the biggest I mean, thing that you want to talk about right now that needs to be fixed in Canada? It needs to be fixed in Canada. I think I think I mean we're we're dealing with sort of these. I mean, if we're looking at this, it's like the you know the Black Lives Matter racial fallout. Yes, um, yes, because we got all that social unrest right now, and it's kind of we, coming from America, but it's also in Canada. Yeah, this is this this racial goes to a couple tension. things. Yeah, that I think are bullshit. Um, one, okay. like, for, what, what, if I'm going to say this to the left, okay, you got to pick one. Pick one here. Either we are morally superior to the Americans, the Americans are so stupid, ha, 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 they're racist, they, they like slaves, they fly Confederate flags, they don't have health care, they're so stupid, and we're much better than them. Okay. Either that, or you can't have it, you can't have that, and then every time... A black person in America gets shot. We go in Canada. Well, we're even more racist here too, because we're so evil too. We can't like so. Every time someone in America gets shot, we can't go. Oh, we're so better. Americans are so racist. But then also go. Well, Canada's even worse. So now we need laws again. So you can't have both. Pick one. Yeah, we can't just think. follow Pick them. We Pick one. Do... Either either you're morally superior to the Americans. Yeah. Or everything we're actually worse in Canada. You can't yeah. can't do both. Pick one. Yeah. You're driving me crazy. Exactly. But totally. The other agree. thing is. When we import America's issues, which drives me up the fucking yeah, wall, when great, we import America's issues into Canada, it drives yep. me crazy. And you, I'm not going to ever say there's no discrimination in Canada. Like, I've talked about, you know, John Grave Simcoe, founder of Upper Canada, and Toronto was the first abolitionist. Try, you know, our city was founded in 1792, our province 1792. 1793, he enacted the Act Against Slavery. So, you know, that I'm not going to, you know, uh, it was great, but I'm not going to say there was no racism. There were seven, seven slaves in Toronto's family, but more came in from the States. We're yeah. not going to say there was no racism, but if we're going to deal with, like, Canada's racism and our past, like, I'm not saying there's no anti-black racism, but if we're talking about the number one thing in Canada, like, 
natives. Like, we really got to talk yeah. about, like, what are we doing? We got the Indian Act. Um, this is ridiculous. Yeah. The reserve system is clearly broken and corrupt. Like, can we do anything about this? Like, yeah. um, we have, you know, we have um, actual vicious racist policies put against them. Yeah. We have uh, government policies that were intended to be kind, but because they're the government, having screwed them even worse. Like, the kids taken away from the 90s was like, and all this stuff is like, well, we, we passed law saying, well, Indigenous kids need the same, you know, care and, and opportunities as, as people in, in you know, non-Indigenous places. And you're like, okay, yeah, I agree with the sentiment, but when you put this into law, people have to realize, like, this is one of the flaws in, like, like take away Indigenous for a second, urban versus rural. One of the things in rural communities have to understand is you'll never be able to get all the same services as an urban community, okay? Yep. The healthcare will never be as good in a rural community as an urban community for a lot of things. You're out in the forest in rural Saskatchewan, you trip, knock your head, you're bleeding out, you get an aneurysm, and your buddy sees you, also you're going to die. Also you're going to die. Like, and it's that's one not the government's like, fault. It's people. not the government's fault, but like, it's going to, like, someone's going to have to take half an hour to find you in the forest, another half an hour to take you to hospital, you're dead within 40 minutes. Yep. Sorry, that happened, you trip on the street in Toronto, yeah. you were having an aneurysm, we can get you to St. Mary's, you might, you'll probably live. Yep. Now, is it unfair that urban communities now have better health care than rural communities? What must we do to make sure that rural, rural Canadians, if they trip and have an aneurysm, won't be in the same situation as urban communities? There's nothing you can do, nothing realistically. You can do, yeah. And this used to be one of the realities of the medical community. Now, the social justice movement is sort of changing that, and people going crazy. But then you take this to sort of, you take this thing to sort of rural communities, where, okay, these indigenous kids have to have the same school opportunities and whatever as kids over here. Well, now you've created a system where if the opportunities are below the urban standard because you have a rural setting and you have another hurdle the fact that it's a reserve system and they have a second government to go through, right? If it's not the exact same standards as it is here in like a private school in Toronto, well then we just take the kids out of the home and put them somewhere else. Well now you're taking thousands of kids away from their parents. Like yeah. now, like that's yeah, the sixty scoop was was yeah. evil racism. Residential like, schools not gonna, all over again. Yeah. yeah. The sixty scoop was like, err, stupid savages. Yoink. Yeah. Right? And the 90s scoop was like, oh my god, we're so racist and everything must be perfect. So, yoink. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was, still that was totally the, kids the 90s out. scoop. Yeah. Have you, yeah. have you so, heard of, uh, do you know who Dan Carlin is? Yes, I like him. His, yeah, great podcast. Hardcore history. Yeah, Hard, for sure. Uh, I was making World sure. War One, the World War One blueprint to Armageddon. I lo it's like 24 hours long if you listen to all six. Okay, I found I'll, it I'll listen to that one. Fascinating, I loved right. it. What's your, what's your favorite podcast? Mm -hmm. Do you have one or... I, I like I'm weird because like I I I if I'm listening to a podcast like I can't be doing something else like I I could you know working out is one really? thing but like yeah oh, like I, I can't doing other stuff like I can't do other stuff and like it's it's like if I'm listening I'm listening and absorbing so yeah. what kind of workouts um, do you like to do um nothing too crazy like I'll, I'll you know just you know you know I'll just do push ups and perhaps some weights yeah. oh, and yeah. like do you do yoga uh, at all uh no no uh, okay <laughs> yoga leads to communism no I <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, all right. Uh, so what? Um, this will be a weird one, I guess. You said you were a stand-up comic, uh, but uh, what kind of jobs? Did you have any other jobs? Like what kind of weird? Yeah, I was jobs a tour guy. Um, I worked at so, a bus. So boy. after, so in in university, I'd make my money in the summers. I owned a barbecue cleaning company, Eagle Clean Barbecue Services. We use we use no harmful chemicals to, uh, and all our products are biodegradable. 
Okay. Which is one, you don't need harmful, harmful chemicals to clean a barbecue. Use an angle grinder. And two, you just have the soap that you wash the barbecue with at the end be biodegradable. So all your soap is biodegradable. Boom. Yeah. See? <laughs> when you call things green and say dumb shit, like this is how companies take advantage of I did that. I did that to you. So yeah. when I say, like, oh, the green movement, like, marketing, comes from experiences. Like, yeah. come on, guys. Yeah. You, um, ever see, you ever watch Mad Men? What kind of shows do you like? Uh, I never watched Mad I never watched Mad Men. I, I would probably like it. I, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm more of the, um, whatever, I mean, uh, like, if you want to know, like, one of my interests, like, epic fantasy. I, I'm a, like, I will read thousand-page fantasy books. Um, oh, interesting. So, Game um, of Thrones, I, I read the okay. books. I, I love okay. them. Uh, I think that season eight of Game of Thrones is an act of domestic terrorism. Um, put, put that on the list. <laughs> okay. Um, but, like, but like you know, what do I, you know, you know what are my interests? Like, I'll, I'll read fantasy books. Uh, the Stormlight Archive is my favorite series. Have you seen, uh, do you, obviously, so I'm going to start simple. You've seen Lord of the Rings? Yes. You've seen I've the read Hobbit? the books, though. You've seen yes. The Hobbit? Uh, yeah. Have you seen Ash Lad? I've not seen Ash Lad. Okay, that's that's it, like the Norwegian Lord of the Rings. Check check that one out. I think okay. it's on Amazon right. Prime. There's actually two. Amazon Prime. Okay, okay. Yeah, two movies. Okay. It's, okay. it's Ash Lad. Amazing. I can I yeah. can do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so reading epic fantasy, I like watching sci-fi more than reading it, and I like that. I mean, I would love if they make you know the fantasy books into into movies. I guess too. Mm-hmm. They are making the Wheel of Time as an Amazon Prime series. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, that's another thing I do. So yeah. So I mean, uh, my interests are you know sports. Uh, I'm great at watching football, hockey. Like if you want to watch sports with someone, I'm a great person to watch sports with. I can add to your sports watching experience. Yeah. Like I come from a family of I have two brothers. Uh, you know, it was four men. My mom was just like working on the computer. She was just like typing away. We were watching football on Sundays. Um, so we're great. We're all great at watching football. Um, and but like my personal interest is like yeah, I'll read you know, fantasy novels that are, like, a thousand pages. And if it's a good story, like, I don't I don't care if it's, like, 15 books and, like, oh, they're all a thousand pages. If it's a good story, it's a good story. Nice. Like, I can yeah. get into it. I, um, uh, I, I, I like certain, I like that genre as well, but I'm not a big reader. I more like to listen to audiobooks. So, I mean, I guess that's the same uh, as reading nowadays, but I, I, yeah, I preserve I, I just, my, I call, the reason, my reason for it is I preserve my eyes. That's what I always tell people. Because uh, whenever I, I find that reading is, like, and whenever I see people that read a lot, they always have glasses or... I feel like it's kind of hard on your eyes, you know. I I have better than twenty twenty vision, so I, oh, there you I go. it's different from me. So yeah. maybe 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 it's uh, is a confounding variable. Yep. I I like a book, like a physical book. Like one of the parts hard parts of quarantine is like getting the books on Kindle because you couldn't go to the bookstore and like get a book. Yeah. So then I started just ordering physical because I I read Joe Abercrombie's The First Law series, which I really liked, but I had to read it on Kindle, which really took. The, the sort of I, I just like having a book um, and like the reason I don't listen to audiobooks is I, I think a lot of them are great um, it's just like it's the same thing for me as reading like I, I like I can't like listen to an audiobook and do something else and I, then I won't pay attention you like feel I'm like very you absorb it more when you read it yourself as opposed to listen to somebody else read it uh, if like in you know your brain, if I'm you know, lying down and I'm paying attention to them reading it to me it's the same as reading That's but if I have I my computer open I absorb it more as like me reading oh yeah um, uh, I was so I like I, I love holding a book. Um, so then I, yeah, so the two series I've read this quarantine are uh, First Law and then the Lightbringer series. And I like Lightbringer better because maybe because I had physical books to read, um, but I thought both were great. Oh, yeah. So I was going to ask you earlier because I don't actually know who this is, even though I should. Who is, can you explain who Jessica Yaniv is? Oh, okay. Actually, so before just, you go into that, can, can we take a quick pause? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to pause for one second. I'll be back in 20 seconds. All right, uh, guys, please watch Steven Jackson's uh, stuff. Please sponsor him. Uh, this episode is sponsored by the concept of friendship. Um, friendship. Um, when you distill the blood of your enemies 
and sacrifice them to Satan, you will get more friendship. And I'm not even sure if he's going to edit this out, so he probably will edit this out, but there's a compulsive part of me that feels the need to entertain the masses. So I will just let you know that, one, reading is cool. Two, Kindles are for fools. And three, I actually like the concept of audiobooks. Just can't personally do them. Personally, just can't do them. I mean, this better get edited out, or else this is just going to look silly at this point. And if you have stayed around, then uh, you win a free Muslim. Yes. Call Amazon Prime Direct, and you will get yourself one free Muslim. Uh, he knows all of the Quran. It could be a she. Uh, most of the Hadiths. Uh, so get your free Muslim uh, today. Uh, just call 1-800-267-2001 Alarm Force. I don't know I said that. That's just a common jingle in Toronto. Okay. Sorry about that. Wow, it seems like you kept talking most of the time. That's a professional at work right there, people. Yeah, I, I kept it. I entertained. I got I, been, and probably minimal lawsuits. Don't worry. Don't ever watch that back. That's been one of the problems I've been having with the, with the addition of the beers to the podcast is right around an hour and a half, I, I, the guest and I always have to take a pause for a bathroom break. So it creates problems. So, it's, uh, it's the mental will. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's hard, though. So Jessica Yanov, who is this? Or did you explain that already? Okay, so Jessica, Jessica Yanov is my rule. I did not explain this. Um, so, like, in life, I do have a Jessica Yanov rule. And, and this means that in law or in, in rules, like, if you, if you leave a loophole in for bad behavior, you will see sociopaths take advantage of it. And Jessica Yanov is a Canadian transgender activist in Vancouver. So when this Bill C-16 was passed, Jessica Yanov took advantage of these new anti-discrimination laws. Jessica Yanov was born Jonathan Yanov and has many accusations of child sexual abuse, like arranged a naked swim for LGBTQ teens and lots of creepy behavior people posted. But Jessica Yanov, what they did is he won. This is what Megan Murphy, if you know her, she got banned off of Twitter because she yep. called Jessica Yanov a man. Yeah, That's yeah, what actually, that, that was the instigating yep. thing. Um, so Yanov, what, what Yanov did is Yanov would look for uh, victim claims. So Yanov would call up all these different female waxing salons. So y Yanov has a penis and tex testicles. Uh, Yanov is a man. Yep. Um, but Yanov claims that he is a woman. So he would call different waxing clinics, most of them owned by like immigrants, and, and say, oh, will you give me a wax? Are you transgender inclusive? Right? And because oh, yeah. it's a different technique to wax men and women, and sometimes women have different religious beliefs. Like, she sued a bunch of religious... Yeah, sued a bunch of religious Muslims who would be like, no, I, religiously, I can't touch another man. I think of you as a man. Like, yeah, like, I totally support the right of religious Muslims, Jews, Sikhs, or Christians to say, yeah. no, I, I can't touch a man. Like, you're... Like, you know, I, I think trans women and trans people should, uh, you know, be treated equally and have rights and we should be kind to them. Yep. But when you ask yep. someone to touch your genitals, like... Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, like you're a, you're actually genetically a man, and this person has a religious right to yeah. not touch your penis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I can't believe Yana I didn't look into this more. I, yeah. Th 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 this really is a problem for sure. Yeah. Th this type Yana of uh, loopholing. Yeah. And uh, where I don't different like that at all. To basically abuse the human rights tribunals in BC, yeah. take different women, ruining their lives, making them pay legal fees. Listen, yeah. I know just like 
you know, filing lawsuits against people, like, if they're going to fight you, like, it's thousands of dollars. Like, yeah. I know this. Like, I, it's, it's you know, bullshit. I knew, I, like, well, listen, that's I know part of my, my thing comes in, because uh, I know we were talking about legal system earlier, but uh, that's where my side of it comes in, is my issues with the legal system. You were talking more about civil and Supreme Court and that type of yeah. stuff that uh, us commoners could never understand. Um, but my, <laughs> oh, that's my thing. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to that one specific statement, but I'm gonna let you continue. My my problems with it is more, yeah, more the residential tenancy court. It's called, which comes in a lot in my life because that was how I got out of the crowd in the bottom is, is through rentals and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the residential tenancy courts are broken. They're broken. There's these mediation boards that are that are in between the the courts and so you don't go straight to court with something as small as residential tenancy stuff $500 here and there Um, so you'll have a mediation hearing and that that person whoever hears that essentially writes up the document that the judge sees even if you appeal it I had once where I had a tenant with no proof whatsoever say that I broke his couch he had no receipts for the couch he had no nothing he he had no proof I broke the couch. It's just a couch. And I knew the yeah, kid because I was his friend. A lot of my tenants are friends. So he told me, before he moved in, he told me, this couch is broken. I was like, oh, okay, cool. He he sued me for this broken couch and won. I appealed yeah. it and he won. And then he seized my bank accounts and took, it took the, the couch was like a $300 couch. And he seized 1000 from one of my bank accounts and 1000 from another bank account which was all these fees you have to pay for seizures and then recollection of the money that they seize. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not the first person to tell me a story like this. Yeah. So, and I've had, but I've had times where I won too. Uh, I'll explain, maybe I'll go into that one. I've talked about it on other podcasts, but yeah, there's, there's no recourse. You can go to the judge and be like, okay, so there's no evidence here of me breaking this couch. So that's why I'm here appealing it. That's why I paid $110 to be in front of you right now and to bring in this fellow. Uh, please look at the evidence. There's no evidence that I broke this couch. And they don't. The appeal doesn't work. It's so, to me, the system has to be broken when they get it wrong. So that's my issue with smaller, smaller claims court. And then uh, I had a larger claims court with the municipality. Uh, when I, We had a cabin. So we live in Saskatchewan. Pretty, pretty much everybody here has cabins. So they, we had a municipality, which is a, our smaller rural governments, come in and say, hey, you got some structural issues with your cabin. And this is largely what maybe led into me going into structural engineering, but they said, oh, your cabin's falling apart. And I said, uh, no, it's not. And uh, they, we ended up going through some legal processes and I won that. But, you know, I still am very upset with the legal system and I'm, I don't think they ever get it right. Uh, they, they might yeah, sometimes, I, but when so it, But, but yeah, you're right. Like th- there's a lot of ideology going in and there's a lot of um, sort of, reflexive i guess like underdog um preference you yeah, could say yeah that's a great um, way to put it too because that's actually how i put it in my podcast earlier podcast when i talked about this is that i do want them i get it that the guy that they ended up giving the money to for pretending i broke his couch like i want them to look out for the underdog so ideally in in the in the the overall the aggregate i see how the judge's theory the the system's theory is working and i do want that but sometimes the, the the person who isn't the victim might be right, and it's yeah. Kind of it's like, do you want do you want do you want do you want um do you want to run the legal system off of like equality or equity? Like we must yeah. be a force of equity or a force of principle, yeah, right? Principle, do we enforce yeah. principle? And like, Gosh. and that's I think that's something that we're struggling with as a society outside the legal system. Although I'd yeah. say the legal system is probably the number one. Well, because there's uh, no rec- this this problem, extends yeah. into the fact that there's no recourse for let's say people who want to collect social services who maybe shouldn't. Yeah. This this is in the same gray area. 
where there's not enough time for our legal administrators to actually look through all the details of these things and make a proper decision as okay like there's no proof you have actual depression you're just lazy sorry we yeah. can't support you can't give you a thousand dollars a month yeah you know yeah it's yeah it's 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 that now that's something that we'll have to deal with as a society very soon i'm just going to backtrack to yes. the comedy center and, and just one of the philosophies i actually live by if we're going to do this yes. you said like oh you're talking about the supreme court and, and things that the common person can't understand yeah one of the reasons why i do what i do and one of my fundamental beliefs in life is i fully reject the common man can't understand this concept uh That's what narrative they want us to believe though it's what they want you to believe. I hate it. I hate it beyond all belief. Um, it's the reason Trudeau got away with SNC Lavalin. And one of the things yes, I, I yes. firmly believe, and one of the things I try and do in my show, and one of the things I try and articulate, uh, one of the things I try and say is like, you might be the common person. You might have gone to a trade school. You might have never thought of yourself as a brilliant high school student. But you're a human being. You're a Canadian. You have the capacity, if explained properly to you, to understand SNC Lavalin scandal. You have the ability. Uh, if explained to understand Middle Eastern politics, yeah. you have the understanding to understand the intricacies in Canadian politics. It's not as complicated as people make it out to be. Yes, you only need to find I our do, I do Is is like I think I have the ability to one. You know, talk about like why I do this is I actually have the ability to be a bit coherent, right? I have a background in public speaking. Yeah. I have a decent memory. Yeah. But I actually and I and another thing in why I do is that I fundamentally believe that if I explain the history of Iran and Saudi Arabia from the 1970s and what they believe. I can actually give you names and context where you, as someone who might have no interest, you might not know anything about Islam, you might not know anything about global politics, but I think I can explain Middle Eastern Cold War politics to you in a way that you say, oh, actually, I understood that. Okay, I, I get it. Because yep. Middle Eastern politics is one of the things that we, like, oh, it's so complicated. It's so complicated. This, it's so, like, no, it's not. It's really not. Here, here are the factors. Here are the main beliefs, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Middle East or Southeast, they're different than North America. It works differently. So it's not, you know, easy, easy, but it's not so deathly difficult you can't understand. SNC-Laughlin wasn't this high-scale, uber-complex scheme. Like, no, the average Canadian can understand this yep. if it is explained to them. Just yes. the media says, oh, it's complicated, and it's a very complicated thing, so now we're going to have some experts to discuss the intricacies without discussing the basics. So when people are lost, we can then say, oh, well, Trudeau is so complicated, and then move on, right? Yep. When the conservatives have a scandal, we go through all different lengths to explain it, yep. right? Like the Trump-Russia thing. It was so convoluted. Yeah. It made no sense. It was ultimately a lie, but it yeah. was explained to the people, right? Trump bad, Trump and Putin. Like, but this SNC laughing thing, which is so blatant, it's, oh, it's yeah, so it's complicated. So like, it's, like, it's like... Yeah, let's cut yeah, out so, all the competition. Just like yeah, I, have a seminar know, I, over in somewhere that they can't get to and then have the bidders only able to bid if they came to this seminar that cost $25,000 to get to. Or whatever. Yeah, like I don't so, know all the yeah. details about it, but I know that they cut out all the competition. They didn't allow competitive bidders. Because I do work in that industry. Actually, yeah. precisely, I actually work in that industry as an engineer. Uh, I actually put together bids and those types of things for jobs. Mm -hmm. And I can exactly see what you're talking about in how they abused that system and made sure that the smaller guys who can undercut prices and beat SMC yeah. level and just keep them away. You know, have yeah, a mixer over here. Yeah. You know, in the scandal, like I, you can explain it, and I, I, I just, I absolutely hate. It. I will never stand for anyone saying that that any Canadian with it, like you know, you know, maybe there's someone who's severely on the autism spectrum and like low functioning. Yeah, yeah, they might under, not understand the SNC Lavalin thing, but I refuse to under, to accept the fact that if you know, if I go into you know a restaurant. 
restaurant in Saskatchewan, I come to visit you, and we see the waitress. I, I refuse to accept that that waitress isn't capable of understanding, yep. um, how, you know, how the world works. And I agree with um, you. And I think um, that that's exactly the power of podcasts, and I think that that's, that's why, that's mm-hmm. what we all need to, to do, is just get our information mm-hmm. and make our own decisions, you know. And we all just need to have more confidence in our own abilities to evaluate the information and and things like that. Although I'm not saying I'm not promoting a lot of these social these people that get all their information from Facebook and then go out there. Yeah, I mean you got to be critical. Like if fake news is out there. Intention. Like here, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to send something like here. Here's my view on life. Um, yeah. And this might aggravate the QAnon people, but um, okay. listen, I'm under the impression that uh, everything I read is QAnon until I can prove otherwise. Yeah. So this is kind of like, like, I just say, okay, what's this conspiracy theory? Like, sometimes I'm looking at the Wall Street Journal, like, okay, what's this QAnon nonsense? And I and I go in with a hostile mentality of, right? And like, okay, let's see what information, what, like, I always read different sources and different stories. Okay, what checks out, what doesn't? And then, you know, what what what's logical to assume? So, you know, I just, you know, I just assume everything is a QAnon Pizzagate conspiracy until I can prove otherwise, and that that goes from random internet trolls to you know mainstream media articles. Um, yeah. So that's my can I have a short blurb of what you think? Um, <clears throat> uh, what do we got here? I, I was hoping to get a short blurb on on just what you think. Do you think that the social unrest going on right now in America is like more severe than we've seen in the past? Or and what do you think led to it? Like, what do you think? Okay, I, short answer: yes, and it's worse. Uh, okay, short answer: yes, it's worse than we've seen in the past. Um, and I, I see it as a co- confluence of a lot of things. Like, one, okay, I, we can talk about some genocide, but I mean, the biggest thing is like we have to remember we we've all been locked down for months. So a lot of this is just people have been home, had nothing to do. It happened during coronavirus. It's extraordinary times. You know, no one really happened. You know, George Floyd happened. There was nothing else in the news. People had nothing to do. Yeah. So it just it, it just became the news because nothing new had happened for months, and people were stuck at home. Yeah. And this is an expression of anger, and a lot of people were just angry at being home, and it's it's hard times. So yeah, yeah. So that, that a lot of it is is sort of like pent up. Just yeah. uh, let me out, let me out, let me out, yeah. let out into that. Yeah. And then econ- then then how that affects the economic side of things too. Yeah. Because the thing no, is, all these the economic stress is what, and then people being able to wear masks when they're out in public like that, and having it be the norm because of the virus, I think is ultimately what also added fuel to the flame in that they can anonymously go around spray painting and smashing and stuff. Yeah, uh, so it, it's it's yeah. That's whatever happened to like, mass immunity? I, like, why are we wearing masks? I thought that we all wanted so, to I get. So I mean, I mean, there are there are some studies that show. I mean, one, I mean, masks. Okay, masks will reduce transmission of, of, of diseases if, if you wear them. Um, you know, this whole, like, they destroy oxygen flow. Like, okay, that, that's pseudoscientific nonsense. Like, you can you, you can definitely breathe enough suitable oxygen mask, and then you take it off when you get home, like, and then like, it, it's not a long-term thing. Like, that that's the most ridiculous argument I've ever heard. And, like, there have been studies of, like, you know, there was two, um, when Missouri opened up, there was two uh, hairdressers at a Missouri salon who got COVID-19, but they were wearing masks the entire time, so none of the people they were dealing with got them. Like, if you're both wearing masks out in public, like, masks, makes, when you're indoors, when you're indoors with someone you don't spend a lot of time with, you know, and you wear a mask, that, that, that's, that's legitimate, um, reduces the transmission of diseases. I get that. But the problem, I, I think, I mean, we're getting, the problem with the coronavirus so much is, one, the government has completely destroyed its credibility over the years with all the nonsense and all the lies they've told to us. There are also lies they told to us on coronavirus. So when the government was actively repeating Chinese propaganda. I, I don't think that the credibility of the internet or of the, of the government can ever be destroyed. I, I want well, to say that be because I think, I think that their intention. Well, it can be destroyed, but eroded. 
I, I, listen, I this is where I disagree. So one of the yep. problems with one of the problems with Patty Haiju and Teresa Tam and Justin Trudeau repeating Chinese propaganda from the WHO when it was obvious is it destroys trust in the government. So you know when you say for months that oh there's no need to wear a mask, then people are going to not trust you when you say all of a sudden well now masks work, which is what we've known for a while. And then the worst one was is we don't need to shut down travel from um, hotspots of disease. It will do nothing. It's like no virologist would ever say that. I don't yeah. need a medical degree. I don't yeah. even need to know any doctors do to know that's not. But think that we should be acting differently in different seasons, let's say. So, because don't we during July, during during June, July, and August, and even September? Yeah, I, I made this don't argument. We all I made want it. to be getting as much of COVID as we can. So I made this argument, uh, and I think it's sometime May twenty something. Like once it started getting nice in May, I made the argument like time to open up right now. Yeah, yeah, me too. And me this too. is one of the problems. Is like. The government wasn't being honest with – if the government had been honest like, hey, listen, what we're going to do is we're working on opening up. We trust you. But when we open up, we're just going to ask that you all wear masks inside around each other. When you go into a store, just wear a mask, and we'll be able to open up sooner. But this wasn't the rhetoric coming out. It was like, oh, it's spreading. We can't do anything. Everyone just hide in a hole, do nothing. So if, the, if you know, Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau were like, hey, we, we face some significant economic damages if we don't do that. So what we're going to do is – we're going to flatten the curve for about two months here, okay? And then we're going to start to try and push to reopen. In order to reopen, though, if you guys want to get out there, you want to do something, we're going to need you as Canadians to do your part, wear a mask indoors, and if you can, you know, wear gloves, and then we can all get back to life sooner rather than later. But they weren't saying that. They were, it was an all or nothing. Like, it was like, we all have to be locked down. So the incentives yeah. were perverse. So being outside simple. is good. So I, I'll, I'll, like, spend some time outside just, just to get, you know, vitamin D and fresh air. It's good. And we have... To, numbers that the disease doesn't transmit as well outside as it does inside and it makes sense because you're so when a bunch of 20 to 30 somethings go outside to a park and they're all around each other in a park that's actually fine that's not a big risk for COVID um, so it was but people were getting fined for that like you couldn't yeah. sit down in a park that was a thousand dollar fine so now we had a sense where the incentives were perverse because the government wasn't treating us reasonably. Um, they had sort of made the rules in February when everyone was under panic and never adjusted them. So if you think of the, sort of the game theory here where, okay, if you, in Toronto, you would get in the $1,000 ticket for sitting down outside. Like, you have to keep moving. Which means, if you're outside, it's actually a good thing, right, and there's a crowd of people, right, the responsible thing to do in a pandemic is maybe you'll sit down away from the crowd of people. But if you sit down away from the crowd of people and sitting down is legal, well, then the cops are more likely to come to you and give you a $1,000 ticket. So what would I rather risk? Would I rather risk a $1,000 ticket sitting in there or would I rather go sit down in the crowd because I just want to sit down outside right now yeah. and go into the crowd because they're less likely yeah. to give me a ticket if I'm around all these people. Did you get any so tickets? No, I didn't get any tickets. But, okay. like, but like, this is where the incentive becomes perverse. Yeah. To, to, my, actually, my lawyer got a ticket for having a family barbecue. Oh came, the cops gosh. came into the backyard. Crazy. You know? But like, Crazy. This, is, like, this, this is what I was saying with like, the incentives being so perverse. Yeah. We weren't taking the... Yeah. Like, and then, and we then were the George the Floyd video. Seriously, but not seriously. Like, and then the George Floyd video is ultimately what kind of was the activation yeah. energy which exploded and caused all of these riots along with everybody yeah, like, being I can, being I can understand the, the anger there on the George Floyd thing. Like, I watched the video, and I've watched the pre-precipitating videos. Horrible like video. Yeah. Horrible video. Um, I'm, I'm on the, guys, cut it out with the second-degree murder. You're never going to get higher than third-degree murder. Boom. Um, so I think they're Boom. overcharging him. Yep. Um, yep, I agree, and I hope that that doesn't end up making him get free or something and then causing more riots. Yeah, because... Go the, with third-degree murder. 
So yeah, go with third degree murder. You're not going to be able to prove intent. Yeah, you're not. Um, There's no. Like, yep, you um, can't prove intent. I was horrified by the video. It was the third worst yeah. police killing video I've seen. Yep. Um, okay. Yep. Yep. I've uh, seen worse too. Yeah. Yeah. You know the Daniel Shaver one where he's killed in the hallway. That's haunting. Yep. Um, yep. La Laquan McDonald just actively just being walking away shot in the back. Yep. Those those are the gold and silver medal of police killing. This is like the yep. bronze medal. It's horrible. Yep. Um, and the colors weren't murder. all black on those ones. Interestingly enough, for your first yeah. and second yeah, two. Yeah. Yeah. So. My gold medal one isn't the black guy, but. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Kind of one of the things I say here is the conversation. And this goes if you watch football, the Kaepernick thing is like, okay, so we yep, have to yep. have a conversation of like police brutality is bad, and we all agree police brutality is bad, right? And it happens, and yes. we don't like it, right? Yeah, so it doesn't mean we should all hate police. Exactly. Okay. So the conversation we have is like we all agree police brutality is bad. In order this conversation, we have to understand like you know, I'll play lefty, you play righty. I have to agree that okay, you think police brutality is bad, and I think police brutality is bad, and I grant that you as a right wing person also think police brutality is bad. Okay. Yep. Now the second thing is police brutality is wrapped up in systemic racism. This is a conversation we actually need to be having, and we've skipped this conversation. It's how much of police brutality is racism and how much of it is bad policing and bad training and things that can be fixed from a legislative police level. Right? That's a conversation we need to have. Instead, yeah. what the left did in the whole Kaepernick thing was, well, no, no, no. Police brutality happens because the police are systemically racist and corrupt in general. And the reason they're systemically racist is America itself is systemically racist. That's an ad hominem so attack. This is yeah. how we get yeah, this is how we get to just defund the police. Yeah. Right? The police are racist because they're that's part wrong. of a racist. And that's system. what I agree to. Yeah. Right? And the answer is, listen, the police aren't zero percent racist. As a right wing person, I'm willing to admit that there there is probably some racially motivated police brutality. I'm willing to admit that. It's yeah. not 100%. 100% of police aren't racist. 100% of police brutality isn't because of racism, but it's not 0%. Yeah. It's not 0% either. Yeah. What, what it is, I don't know. I'm willing to talk to you and figure it out. I'm willing to listen to the experiences of black Americans who've had unfair dealings with the police. And I'm willing to... But like, we're not going to ever solve this problem because realistically it's not 100%. Some of this problem is like actual structure of police and the first videos I made because because of George Floyd's site was about how you know how to prosecute this should be should there be changes in the legal system that make it yeah. so it's easier to prosecute police because yeah. it's impossible to prosecute police for first degree murder or even second degree murder exactly, exactly. under the current system yeah um, and I, I was making that me on the next thing was an actual rule like is that how they're supposed to do it or or what? I don't know. There's, I've seen like a bunch of different things. Like it, it happens all over the world. Um, yeah, it does. You know, it's it's kind of a thing. Like, yeah, I've seen you know, I I, I don't I don't really there. mind someone putting their knee on a on a assailant's neck for like thirty seconds to subdue them if, if yeah, they're but, resisting. Yeah. But it's like, but when it's nine but, minutes and you're nine minutes, like, no, you're killing him. Like, still, but understand how? Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you know, understand maybe I don't even want to bring that up. But was the breathing constriction caused by the? By the fentanyl, or was no. it caused by the, you know, whatever. But this is, again, this is, again, why it has to be third-degree murder, because yeah. it's so easy to prove that intent didn't happen, because, yeah. you know, they're going to find high on fentanyl, high on methamphetamine. Yeah, You're, yeah. Like, it's impossible. I think, Any it's, lawyer I think you know. can prove that, that uh, Derek Chauvin, or whatever his name is, yeah. had a reckless disregard for George Floyd's life for those eight to nine minutes. I think so you can prove that. slaughter, yeah. I don't think you can improve intent to murder George Floyd for eight minutes, especially yeah, with all these other mitigating circumstances. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, so and I it's like to, one of the. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna just switch off that. It's so one of those things like we want we we as conservatives are trying to think we want Chauvin to go to jail, yeah. but he's not going to go to jail if you do this. Exactly. And it's again. Exactly. And then the conversation goes, "Well, you don't think it's murder? You don't think it's wrong?" It's like, no, yeah, we just no. don't think you can get him 
on second exactly. degree murder. You just want him to go there third for as long as murder. possible, yeah. Yeah, I want him to go to, to jail for 20 years. He can yeah. still get 15 to 20 years. He's probably not going to get 25 to 40 years. You know, be practical is yeah, yeah. Is, is what we're trying to say. And, exactly. and, and that gets ground so out. And yeah, the guy sure. prosecuting him is, is an extremist and Keith Ellison, so I have no yep. faith in him. Yep, yep. So yeah, so that's so that's the social unrest, and yeah, that ma- that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of what where we're at right now. Um, what kind of what's your diet like? Um, not the greatest. Uh, <laughs> you know, do you like to eat at bars uh, like, or what? What's your favorite food? Um, I, I, since the pandemic, I've gotten much much better at cooking for myself. So, um, you know, uh, I learned how to make like you know, cast iron spaghetti and meatballs. Um, it's good. Like. Uh, you know, doing better like you know burgers and and I uh, you know basically turn ground beef into all different types of things from all different parts of the world. Um, so oh, what's yeah. my favorite type of food? Um, spicy. I, I'll say spicy, uh, like oh, yeah. I, I I I hot sauce. I mean, I I like uh, you know I'm, I'm a big fan of what Mexico the country has done in flavor Thailand too. Not a big fan of Latin America. They kind of failed. Like Latin America is like. All the best parts, like no spice. It's like Mexico without spice. It's like, what are you doing with your food? Like, yeah. oh, let's go for Latin food. That's not. It's just like they mashed up a banana. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. The Mexican got it right. Put a put a put a put a pepper in there. Uh, you know, let's go to Thailand or Mexico, but uh, none of this none of this cowardly food. Yeah, that, that sounds um, sounds good, man. Uh, so you yeah. uh, do you, you eat meat then? You're not a vegetarian or anything? No, okay. no, eat meat. Um, I you know. Do you think uh, Do you think I've, Elon I've, Musk is a smart guy? Yeah, I'm sure he is. I mean, I I don't follow him, but like, yeah. Do you believe in? Do you I think, think electric I, cars is a good route for our car market? Uh, and and what do you think of his? Listen, if panels? you can if you can make him work. So I mean, like, I've been one of the biggest critics of this green energy. One because it's destroying the planet. Two because it's hypocritical and destroying the planet. Um, so can we get to green energy? Like, can we get electric cars? Yeah, give it a shot. Like, I'm free market. You know, as but what as happens electric when the batteries run out in 15 years, as opposed to engines now that last for 40 years. And then yeah. now, in electric like, car, oh, the batteries oh, oh, can die. Can you can you argue that 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 standard cars are are gre- greener? I hate the term green, but more environmentally friendly yeah. than electric cars. Yeah, of course you can make that argument. Um, and I've been making that argument my entire uh, rambling political career. Yeah. Um, but I won't. You know, I won't say well no to electric cars. Like no, let the electric cars develop. See if they can develop something that is more environmentally friendly. See if see if the market can push them to a way where they. Um, are more efficient, more powerful, and more and cleaner than yeah. than than gas cars. Yeah, as long as give we're them, using nuclear power to make the electricity to charge the cars. That's my only issue. Because if we're using petroleum and if we're using dams and and all that kind yeah. of shit, it's yeah, it's we're, like we're, we're just we're also, just taking... also people need to answer the question: Where does electricity come from? Exactly, is the electricity fairy, the electricity exactly. fairy, the or is it coming fairy. from somewhere else? Um, <laughs> like so, yeah. So anyway, that's my beef with Elon Musk because he doesn't realize that batteries die in fifteen years. So um, two, two, that, two that are obvious questions that are real quick here is uh, global warming and pro-life. Um, so are okay. you, first off, are, are you pro-abortion or anything? So am I, 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 for the pro-life, pro-choice thing is if we were to sort of, if I think the pro-life people, if they heard my opinions, they would call me uh, pro-choice. And the pro-choice people, if they heard my opinions, would call me pro-life. Interesting. Okay. Um, so you're kind of in the middle on it. It's so I'm kind of in the middle. Like I, I, I don't want a complete ban on abortions. Yeah. Should you be able to abort a baby in the third trimester for no reason? No. no. So I want but, some but abortion if, but if you were raped, in Canada. Then maybe. You know. You know. I've seen. You know. You know. Actually, I'm on the. If, if you were raped, then yes. Like then you I, should I, be able I, to abort any time. You yeah. should be able to abort 
that I mean, it, it, like I've seen the trauma of of sexual abuse yeah. on people, like, and I've seen the horrors of that. Like, I'm I'm not, I'm never going to ask anyone to carry that burden, and yeah. and, and 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 I I would only ever support someone who who had legitimate sexual abuse. I th I think it's yeah. and 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 but aborting a baby isn't a good thing. Yeah, right. So, we're talking about we're talking about the, the the managing of two different evils. Yeah, and yeah. it's a hard choice, and 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 I don't yeah. think it's healthy to to like yo girl shout your abortion. Like no, if 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 someone has had an abortion in those it's hard circumstances, thing. like it's like I realize thing. it's like that's but really sad that you had to done. do that, and like I, I'd like to support you. If if I knew, if I, if I don't know you, like me, just offering you this. I mean, if if you're going through this and you're just like you know, I, I I'd support you, but like especially someone I know, like you know, I'd you know, how can it's, I help? Like I, whatever I mean, you want, it should be whatever their you body, want. Their like decision. I'm not gonna pretend that your abortion is a great thing. Like we have to understand it's a mental weight, and like you know, yeah. there's some some situations I could talk. Like you, your baby's gonna be born with no heart and die in five minutes. Yeah, like medical issues, that. situations. Okay, that's yeah, when abortions I get it. Are, or we know, yeah, we know that it's gonna have a, a mental handicap yeah. or something. That, that's, yeah, I mean, that's even that's when that's, you that's, need that's, abortions. Yeah. Yeah. So so I mean, we can. I mean, even the, like yeah, you know, the baby's gonna have no lungs, or you might die giving birth. Like uh, there there are circumstances where I'm like, okay, yes, these these exceptions should make it legal for and then it's like okay then it, we're talking about the the girl who has an abortion the second trimester because she just doesn't want to have a baby and you're like okay yeah you know that's not a good thing that's not a good thing but i understand where the government shouldn't be you know legislating this out maybe yeah. we shouldn't call yeah. these abortions maybe she should have to pay for them if you just want an abortion maybe you should have to pay for it yeah and you shouldn't have point. to make other that's people pay point. for it but you should have the ability to have it make it a so, financial I mean, thing yeah when I ha like, I don't think I don't think religious people should be financing abortions of someone who just wants to go get drunk and go to a concert next week. Yep, yep. And they right? can't afford it. And and but I don't think you should also be able to say no. You can't make this decision for your life. So, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm I'm at a point where I hopefully if I explain my opinions on abortion in a well thought out manner, I can make everyone angry. Yeah, that's what I aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you caught me at the end there. Didn't expect that. All right, so I just got a few more things. I yeah, thanks so much for this. <clears throat> We're at about two hours now, but I just got a couple more. Things I'll ask you if that's all right. Um, this is the fun one. So we got this election coming up for Trump and Biden and stuff. So, are, so so do you think Biden needs to win and then and then whoever his vice president will be will then they'll fake Biden's death and then whoever the vice president is will just be the president? Or do you think that no. Trump? Do you think that the world can sustain four more years of Trump? And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It anti better. It better. I'm not it, it better. Man up and, and take it. I like. I okay, I, okay. I see such a danger. Like again with the way the Democrat uh, Democrats are crazy, so like yeah, I you you can get me as a right wing person to admit that Trump is a crazy bombastic narcissistic jackass. Who says but but is he good at being time. a president? Kinda. Like so, it's like it's like you know, it's sort of where what do you what do you value? What's being said or what's being done? Like you know, it's like the Russia thing. Like yeah, Trump said a bunch of crazy things about Russia during his uh, when he was running for office. I've been pretty anti-Russian aggression for my entire political commenting career. Like, I can make the argument why Vladimir Putin is evil, but are we going to talk, really going to talk about uh, Barack Obama, the guy who opened up relations with the Russians, the guy who was on camera being caught colluding with the Russians, Hillary Clinton who sold 25% of the U.S. uranium supplies to the Russians to empower them, the people who, who let Russia basically uh, secure their natural gas monopoly over uh, Europe by basically, you know, getting in bed with the Islamic Republic of Iran. Like, so are we talking about, See, oh, folks, are we anti-Russia? Like, this is why we have Russia, him here, because he remembers so, all these details and I smoke yeah. too much weed. That's yeah. so absolutely if we're, if we're true. Gonna be like, if we're anti-Russia, then I'm sorry, then let's throw Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in jail. Yeah, yeah I completely right? agree. And, 
Yeah, that, right? that's but are that we, in a nutshell. So, for sure. so what's our, you know, so the Democrats, what they're doing and saying is like, someone has to, like, no. Someone has to say, no, this is inappropriate. And if it's Donald Trump, it's Donald Trump. But there's there's just, yeah. and there's a lot of principle. Like, yeah, Donald Trump says crazy shit about Russia. But when push comes to shove, when the Russian mercenaries attack Americans, he bombs them. Yes, exactly. Which is good. Don't so kill Americans. that's what we want. Yeah, yeah that's what you we know, want. You know, yeah. Who knows? pushing, yeah. yeah, I want what? you to arm the military factions in Ukraine. And when yeah. yeah, and then he had the crazy call with the Iranian Ukrainian ambassador, which was just silly. It wasn't even that evil, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, you know, and like if you want to like, oh, is Trump corrupt? I can like let, let me show you the Biden stuff. Let me show you the Hillary stuff. Let me show you all this. Like I saw so a video of Biden saying the N word the other day while <laughs> while in a House assembly. He was saying the N word. Have you did you, have you seen this video? Yeah, I mean, Anybody like, who's watching, please watch. Just look up Biden saying the N word yeah. while while working it, it, as a politician. I mean, Biden's been a fool politics. for years. Been federal politics. Like, I, I I made a joke. Like, you know, I, I'm working for the Biden campaign, and uh, they've hired me as a marketing. So we're go. We need to vote between our top two slogans. What's better, Biden 2020? Where am I? Or <laughs> Biden 2020? We can sniff victory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so with that, I think I'll end. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you made it this far, uh, this is Daniel Boardman, and uh, this is episode ten of Canadian Talk. Thanks everybody for listening, and that's it. All right, perfect. All right, so I'll end it at that here. I'm just trying. Thank to you so much hit... for having me. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, just let me hit the stop button here. It disappeared. Oh man, that was great. That was great. Thanks for listening, and any questions or concerns for the show, as well as voice recordings and voice messages that you'd like us to listen to, or advertisement inquiries, please forward those along to CanadianTalkWithStefan at gmail.com. Thanks. We also have a website, stephanjackson.ca, where you can find a back catalogue of all our episodes. And we're also on YouTube, where you can find the video versions. Canadian Talk.